fight We don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode 91, and the guest sitting across from me today is a comedic force to be reckoned with that I am very excited to get to know a little better. Before we get into it, though, I do want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube and you would prefer audio only for whatever reason, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other places like that. If you're listening to me on one of those platforms, though, and you didn't know that there was a visual side to this whole thing, please come check it out here on YouTube. If you do come over to the visual side, I would really appreciate it if you would consider hitting that subscribe button. Obviously, you don't have to, but it really helps me to keep growing this channel. So if you're just jumping in now or you've been here since day one, thank you so much for your support. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, maybe with a cool guest idea or some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up on social media or send me an email at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. If you decide to do that, let me know if you have interest in one of these holofoil stickers with the show's logo, and I will mail you one free of charge. They're going fast and I'm almost out and we're probably going to give out the rest when we do our live 100th episode. So uh, now's the time to get one. Now back to the guest. As I mentioned off the top, she's a fantastic comedian. She's performed at prestigious, event, prestigious rather, events at, like the Halifax Comedy Festival, as well as opening for Canadian comedic legends like Tom Green and Jerry D. And she's just a great person from what I can tell. And I'm really excited to talk to her. You can check out her album, Magically Malicious, on Spotify or wherever you get your stand-up. Great name for an album, by the way. It's Fiona O'Ryan. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I am very well. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I'm really excited. Not at all. I'm delighted. I have nothing to do today. I don't have a show until tomorrow. So you're keeping me busy. I like these morning podcasts too. You're, the brain is fresh, ready to go. Yeah. The pub's not open. I may as well come here, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I've got my Guinness shirt. <laughs> I know. I wanted to represent the Ireland. Keeping the stereotype alive. <laughs> well, I actually wanted to say I'm wearing this and I, I would drink a Guinness. I don't mind it, yeah. but I'm much more a fan of harp. What? Yeah, is that is that like sacrilege? Yeah, harp is piss, <laughs> oh, right? I like harp. It's affordable and it's decent. Well, like fair enough, right? Yeah, it's, but well, maybe I'm just comparing it to Guinness. I've always found Guinness to be a very acquired taste. It's yeah, I'm not mad on the Guinness either. Um, but you can't say. Well, I've said it, you know. But uh, when I was pregnant, they recommend that you drink like a ha like a pint, half for pint. milk production. It's full of iron yeah. and it's oh. really good for you. Okay. So, but I never really liked it. So I would always, if I was in the pub, right, I'd get them to put some black currant, a little bit of black currant into the pint of Guinness, oh. and it tastes, in my opinion. I'll probably be killed. I'll be, I'm going to lose my passport is, for this. <laughs> black currant is like a fruit or no? Like a, a cordial. It's like a syrup and you put that oh, in. Oh, okay, okay. I don't yeah. know why I was thinking it was like a berry or something. Yeah. Okay, so what does that do to the flavor then? I, it just kind of gets away some of the bitterness. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of just a heavy drink too. It is. It's kind of like food. It's yeah. literally like putting a lining on your stomach for the more serious drinking that's coming after the Guinness. Oh, that's the trick. So people don't usually pound 10 oh, Guinnesses in a row. You can't handle it. Well, they can. But usually it's one or two Guinness and then onto the other Whiskey stuff. Whiskey or something. Yes. Okay, well, that makes more sense. Because if I drank even three Guinness, I think I would just feel bloated and want to take a nap or something. Oh, yeah. So try it Try it this way. Try a pint or two pints of Guinness and then onto your other drinks. Okay. I don't, I don't do on. too much of the hard liquor, so uh, okay. maybe I'll try that, though. <laughs> okay, don't start yeah. because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried Guinness Blonde, though, which I really enjoy. I don't know if you've had that. No, I haven't. Maybe they only make it here. I don't know. I, maybe. <laughs> Trying to make it more appealing to the North American palate, I guess. I think so. I think it was supposed to originally be for women. And then we were all like, ah, fuck off, right? Oh, here we go. Yeah. All the Irish people are laughing at me right now, <laughs> drinking my women Guinness and my uh, harp. Oh, well, I still like them. 
Um, well, I normally I like to really get into with comics how they got their start in comedy, how they got inspired to start performing. But with you, I also want to ask sort of at the same time if it had to do with your move to Canada or, or what motivated the move here. Was it I'm a comedian already and I want to expand my reach or was it the comedy bug something you picked up when you moved here? Um, I have always loved comedy and I used to write. I wasn't performing but I always had a huge interest in it. And I would have a pen and paper by my bed for years in Ireland and think of funny stories and funny ideas. And just my family are crazy and funny and weird things happen. And I would be the one when I was out with my friends or at a party or whatever, that I would be telling the stories and everyone would be kind of gathered around, you know? Yeah. Like there's an old Irish word called a shanachie, which is a storyteller. And I'd kind of be the storyteller at parties and... And my friends and cousins and everything were like, you just need a mic in front of you. And I was like, ah, there's a big difference between entertaining your friends and family who love you than like people that don't know you coming to hear you on a mic, yeah, definitely. you know? So, um, but I used to write and I would write a lot. And then a friend of mine was an amateur comic in Dublin and I would help him write his sets and he'd record them and come back the next day and we'd go through the footage and I'd say, well, let's, like write this this way and try this this Punch night. It up a little yeah. Bit, yeah. And then he'd come back. And we, so I was doing that for about two years. And that was like 2010. And then Ireland went into this huge recession. And um I had to I had three kids, young kids at that stage and was married. And my pay was getting cut and it was costing more to put the kids into childcare. Mm. So as a family we made the decision I'd stay home with the kids and my husband of the time would work. And then he worked uh, in construction and the construction industry just went through the floor and a big recession happened uh, in Ireland and in the UK. Um, yeah. And then he lost his job and we had three small Shit. kids to feed. Neither of us were working. Um, and But isn't moving expensive as well? Well, this is the thing. This Canada has been so good to me. Like things have happened in my life and I'm like, holy shit, Canada has changed my life for a number of reasons. But anyway, um, what happened was because we'd finished building Ireland years ago and just haven't finished building Canada, <laughs> construction companies from Canada were coming over and scooping up all of the skilled workers oh. that had lost their jobs and bringing them to drive. Canada. Yeah. Mm. And so we ended up going to this big exhibition centre in Dublin with his resume and these construction companies and were there with booths and all lined up and snapping up Irish construction workers. And helping pay like travel and that they, kind of stuff. They, yeah, they relocate you. So oh, wow. you, they paid for your flights for you and your family. They put you up somewhere for two months, gave you a car for two months and you hit the ground running. That must have felt like serendipitous at the time. At the time we were like, holy shit, this is yeah, like somebody helping us out. Yeah. Um, and so we were originally supposed to come to Ottawa. And then uh, like two weeks before we were moving it it changed to Toronto. Okay. And yeah, and that's what happened. A construction company moved us. Cool. To Toronto. Yeah. And then what like how long was it after that that you said, "Okay, I need to try stand up now?" Um we came here and I very quickly realized without my support system and friends and family and everybody around me that maybe myself and husband my husband weren't a great match. Mm. <laughs> No, I get what you're saying. When some of those distractions are removed, all yeah. of a sudden you have to focus in on the real deal. Yeah. yeah. And we were here and sadly the marriage started to fall apart. I was very, very homesick. 
his he was working crazy hours and that's just the way it is here like gone at five in the morning mm. not back until seven or eight not really seeing the kids I knew nobody here and the kids one of them was in school the other two hadn't started yet so it was a lot of pressure to try and build a life and I knew nobody and yeah. he wasn't around so to support um, but he is a very very I'll always say this no matter what else I say about him very hard working man but to the detriment of his family. Oh, like you a workaholic. Know, kind of, yeah. yes. Um, and so I was continuing to write because I was on my own and the kids would go to bed at night and I'd be like, like what interest, like what do I want to do? And so this was still just writing at the bedside for yes, fun at this point? Yeah, okay. and writing stories, but I'd be writing copy books of stories and funny things that happened to me growing up and reminiscing and going like, oh my God, people wouldn't believe some of this stuff. Um, just to keep myself, I like to create. And um, it was a New Year's resolution when the marriage was more or less in the toilet and we were talking about separating. And I just went, why, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. I have a passion for it. Um, well, and you've got an archive of, of yeah, material. I swear to God, yeah, I had what all an advantage. this stuff. And then, uh, so... Anyway, the mar I, I won't get into all the, the ins and outs of it. But anyway, uh, it was a New Year's resolution. And I said to myself, like, nobody here knows me. Like, why don't I just get out there, try and tell a few of these stories? If it goes tits up or it's shit, my mother will never find out. <laughs> right? Because that was my big concern. And I was like, feck it. Like, you know, no one here knows me. Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's go for it. What do you and have to lose? I literally Googled, the kids were up in bed and I Googled how to start stand-up comedy. And all these ads came up for Second City. And I obviously knew of Second City and I was like, Jesus, like, I could do this. I could take what I've written and go in there. And so I signed up for a course. I didn't have a lot of money. They were charging. Wait, what year is this? This was in 2014. Okay, you emigrated in 2012, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Happy 10 years. Oh, thank <laughs> you very now. much. Yeah. yeah, a decade under my belt. A lot of my life has changed so much. Um, but yeah, so I signed up and I was like, shit, I can't afford it because obviously we were separating and things weren't well, going well and all of that crap. Um, but they were doing this, uh, obviously, for artists, they were doing, you can just pay $50 a week and have a financial plan and come in and do the course. And I would go in every Saturday for four or five hours. And um, Jim McAleese was my uh, teacher. And he's done like late night TV shows in America. And he's okay. a great comic. And he was so wonderful to me. Um, and I turned up at the class, the first class ever. I was so excited. I, like I just got on the train, went into Second City. And I was like, holy, like I really... It got my blood pumping. I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Before I'd even taken the class, I just felt so alive, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, invigorating. Um, yeah, and I was like, shit, this is it. This is what I want to do. And I went into the basement of Second City and Jim met Jim McAleese and there was about 10 or 15 people in the class and I brought everything I'd written. <laughs> so giant all, binder. Yeah, and all these <laughs> copy books. And uh, he was like, okay, so just start writing down a few premises and, you know, and he was doing the ins and outs of, you know, stand-up comedy 101 and all this. Um, and so I had all the stuff already written, so I was just picking out different premises. And, and other people in the class, nobody was writing. They're all kind of looking around. And I was like, 
Why so are... you weren't such a newbie in every sense, you know, compared to some of these I people. I didn't realize, though. Yeah. And then, uh, anyway, it just went from there. It went from me going in every single class. And that first class, at the end of the first class, Jim was like, okay, get up on the stage and do two minutes of comedy. And I was like, holy shit. And I went, okay, I'm just going to tell one of my stories. And got up, told one of my stories, got a few laughs, you know. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't bomb or anything, so. I don't even know if I bombed. I was so happy. <laughs> just to be doing yeah. it and feeling that yeah. feeling of being on stage. And I could mm. hear all the other comics were like, I wish I had a fucking Irish accent. <laughs> 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 yeah, if you have anything that stands out, there's always going to be some comic saying that you're using it as a crutch. And I fucking will use it as a crutch, thanks <laughs> very enough, much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's part of who you are. It's yes. part of what makes you interesting, yeah. Yeah. Especially to a Canadian crowd. I swear to God, I'm never going back to Ireland. Obviously, I'll go back to visit, but like funny Irish people are ten a penny at home, you know? Mm. I'm a novelty here. We no, live fair. here now. Yeah. The kids love it here. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I make the most of it? Can you indulge me? This is a weird thing that I yeah. really enjoy. Because I find you, a lot of time you find uh, North American or American, whatever, actors doing accents. But I love hearing people from other places try to do a North American accent. Yes, I do it on stage. I do about a woman coming up to me and talking uh, to me. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about the Irish. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. That I don't know why of... I like that so much. I always find it so entertaining. <laughs> I guess because you see it the other way around so much more, you know? Yes, yeah. When I was doing that, and I started doing it in Second City, and what a huge compliment. Jim McAleese, like, listen, I don't I don't believe this, but Jim McAleese was like, when you do accents, he was like, and when he goes, you remind me of when Richard Pryor does act. I was like, what? Oh, wow. I mean, I fucking love Richard Pryor. Quite the compliment, amazing. yeah. He's like, but doing accents and making fun of other people's, because I would over-exaggerate it. And I was like, Jesus, I'll take that compliment. Yeah. <laughs> First that comes to mind with me is always uh, Russell Peters. He can do pretty much any accent from around the world. It's pretty yes. phenomenal. Yeah, he is great. Um, well, I, I was going to ask you what the stand-up scene is like yeah. back home and if you ever go back to visit. So I haven't been involved in the Dublin scene. It is a really big scene. Um, they wouldn't have as much opportunities and places to go to. Obviously, as here, it's so yeah. much bigger. Um, my friend who I was writing for, he's still an amateur comic, but you know, um, he doesn't do it as much as he, he should be or wants to. He's like a full-time job. It's kind of more a hobby for him now. Yeah. And um, so I didn't really get involved in the scene. I did perform once back. I was going back to visit. It was actually before my dad died and I'd gone back to visit him and I just contacted a few different places that did comedy um, and it's so funny because my friend who was the amateur comic when we were writing back in Ireland before I'd even left for Canada he kept saying I've got you a set at the Laughter Lounge which is one of the biggest places in Dublin to do comedy and he's like they said they'll put you on they said they'll give you five minutes and I was just good Catholic, constantly pregnant. I was like, like, I'm no Rihanna. I'm not going to get up and perform like a, <laughs> wow, a very massive, topical. massive bump, right? And I was like, no, I'm, uh, I was like, ah, oh, geez, like I either had, like I had the three kids within five years and I was like, oh, wow. constantly exhausted. Yeah. Leaking boobs and stitches. I'm like, oh, no. Three and five. Wow. That's I like know. I know. Turnaround. Spat them out. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm making the most of my life. Kind of nice to get it all done in that period though in the, other way you yeah know? it wasn't planned believe me i didn't okay. go this would be a great project for five years <laughs> <laughs> i just made a few i shouldn't say mistakes it just it happened <laughs> it happened it's just the way things unfolded exactly yeah. exactly and um so uh yeah so i was uh just 
constantly either had had a baby or was pregnant or recovering from having a baby or, or raising a, a baby. Yeah. Exactly. And I just kept saying, no, I'll, I'll eventually get to it. I knew, I kind of knew in my soul I'd eventually get to it. I just wasn't sure when. Mm. So the move to Canada and the divorce and the separation was like my catalyst of why aren't you doing what you've always wanted to do? Like life is too bloody short. Yeah. And and that's how it happened. Yeah. But the Dublin scene, so I never really got into it. I only performed in a pub. Um, and it was so funny because I just word of mouth messaged a few of my friends and my cousins and obviously huge Irish family. And what the place was rammed. And like people like couldn't even sit. It was all just standing, but it was mainly first cousins. And oh, all people came to see you. Family, okay. yeah. And what I loved was over here, um, I would say the audiences are a bit more respectful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in Ireland. You're like it was in the basement of a pub. There was about 48 of us squashed in there and they were like, and now, and I'd only been doing comedy like three or four years, our headlining act all the way from Canada. And I was like, oh my God, they're building me up to be something I'm not. And all my family are there laughing and <laughs> before I'd even got up because they're like, she's going to bomb. And I got up and I did a set and had a great time, but they're heckling me and they know the stories I tell on stage are true. So they're heckling me when I'm talking about any of the family. And but at least if it's your friends and family, family. heckling, that's a different Exactly. Yeah. And I can bounce back off it. And it was actually a brilliant night. We had a great time. But that's the only time I've performed there. Oh, wow. Do you go back frequently, though, just for visiting family and stuff? I try to. My, my aim is to go back once a year. It's pretty expensive. And obviously imagine, with yeah. the pandemic, I hadn't been home for a while. And so um, now that my life has picked up and things are getting better for me, I try to get back at least once a year with or without the kids. Oh, that's maybe. what I was going to ask next, if you'd ever brought the kids back over there. Yes, they want to go. I promised them that we'd I'd bring them back every two years. And now I'm like, shit, because we're coming up to the two-year mark again. I'm like, shit, I have to find five grand to bring oh, them brutal. back again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I suppose if you went by yourself, it'd be a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So I flew back. I actually, um, I went back at just this last Christmas for five, six days. Um, I wasn't planning on going back. And I had filmed for the Halifax Comedy Festival. And uh, they had paid me last April for it. And I was delighted. I had a brilliant time. Oh, my God. Some best time of my life. And I went to the mailbox just before Christmas and there was a check from them saying, uh, we actually want to use, they're only supposed to use three minutes of my material. They're like, we actually want to use about 11 minutes, so we have to pay you for that. Oh. And there was a big check. I was like, I went straight back to the house and booked a flight home. That's, um, what a nice surprise. I really, that was my Christmas present. So the kids go to the, to my ex for a week at Christmas. So we do a week on with me for Christmas break and then he gets a week and I always hate that week with that I don't have them. Yeah. So I'm always like, I have to keep myself busy. I have to go do shows and, and meet people and have plans. Fly across the ocean. And whatever. then I went, feck it, I'll go <laughs> home. Now that I could afford it I, and and I called my mom and I was like, oh, I've just booked a flight. Oh, I'm coming home. She must have been so overjoyed. Uh, no. No? <laughs> She's like, I don't know where the fuck you're staying. Your sister's <laughs> over from America with her family. I'm like, right. so I was on a blow up bed in the living room in front oh. of the fire. <laughs> Not great. That's uh, back pain coming around. Yes. Yeah. And of course, my mother's blow up bed. She didn't have the machine to blow it up. One of my cousins <laughs> did. So I woke up on the floor, like all the air had gone out by the middle of the uh, night. Yeah, half assed the job. Freezing cold. Oh, no. And she was like, well, you fucking decided to come here. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Just typical <laughs> Irish mammy, you know? 
<laughs> That's too funny. Well, hopefully next time you get a proper bed. I know. I see my sister um, moved to America when in the 80s with the last recession. Like where in the US? New Jersey, oh. but now lives in Florida, living the dream. And on her second <laughs> husband and has a pool, we're like, yay. And um, we affectionately call her Dollars. That's now her name. And now they call me Canadian dollars and I'm not as valuable. <laughs> so dollars always gets the bedroom. <laughs> the exchange rate kind of screws you yeah. over there. Yeah. yeah, they're like, don't forget your Canadian dollars, okay? Know your place. <laughs> <laughs> your crazy colorful money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the queen on it. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Well, speaking of comedy, we were talking outside about our mutual friend Kyle Brownery. Yes. Uh, who's just one of the the nicest people I've oh. met doing this show. And actually, we're hoping to have him for the 100th episode live because I couldn't think of a better person to ask having he was the, the first episode ever. And it just seems like the, the right person. Yeah. So hopefully we got a really good panel coming up for that. But uh, I asked him if he had a question for you. And he asked, um, how does she feel about sharing a house with five other comedians in Ottawa at the end of March for the Crack Up Comedy Festival? Well, now, <laughs> I love Kyle. Kyle is one of my good friends in comedy. Um, I feel I was a little bit, oh God, how is this going to go? And I, I have already talked to some of the comics and they're like, I'm bringing the mushrooms. I'm bringing, and I'm like, I'm bringing magnesium and metamucil. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Metamucil? Metamucil, yeah. Metamucil, yeah. Keep you regular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, we're going to be six days in this house and I know I'm going to be wrecked. Is the age groups all over the place for the no, comics? No, we're or? all kind of older. Okay. It's um, Big Daddy Taz, who I haven't met yet. I've heard the name. Okay. Um, Derek Sagan. Okay. Who very, I very very funny man. We've I was just uh, with a whole bunch of comics in his room until two a.m. Uh, two nights ago. So I'm pretty still hungover. So he from was that. headlining all weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. So he was doing the West Side, and I was doing Downtown Marriott, and then Carlton Place, and a few. So we were doing two shows a night each, and we'd never actually met. Um, I'm going off on another tangent. Oh, now. that's okay. That's what um, podcasting's all okay. about. Okay, and so I'd never met Derek, but I obviously knew of him. He's an amazing comic. Yeah. He's done just for laughs like ten he's times. On the debaters a bunch too. Oh, and I and he's fantastic. He's hilarious. I've never worked with him, but I did manage to get him a job in Ireland over the pandemic. Really? Right? Like, how weird is this? Doing what? A friend of mine that I went to school with, um, contacted me, and she works in PR and media, and she said. Any chance you know somebody with a French-Canadian accent who can do voiceover work? There's a new immigration museum opening up um, in Wexford in Ireland, and it's going to be, we need somebody doing voiceover, but we want somebody to be French-Canadian that left Ireland as a child, mm. moved to Canada, and set up in Quebec, and, and we want them to be telling their story of their family. Uh, any chance you know anybody? I said, well, I've never met this guy, but I'll message him. And I messaged Derek and he was so friendly. Obviously, we have, like, we're friends on Facebook, which means nothing really. But you know what like I mean? Like acquaintances. Yes. Or yeah. And we knew of each other. And he was like, oh, my God, I'd love to do it. And he's like, actually, my family are from Ireland. He starts going on with his family oh, no tree. Way. And I'm like, okay. And so I got back on to my friend and I said, I said, oh, Derek Sagan will do it. And so he got paid in, like, euros and then he called me and he was like, I need to pay you for this, like, you know. For the hookup, yeah. Yeah. And I said, no, no, I got a finder's fee. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, nice. They took care of you already. They did. And so now in the History Museum of Immigration, you can hear Derek Sagan telling <laughs> stories about moving from Ireland. 
And he did that all remotely from here, I'm guessing, right? He didn't have to go to Ireland. Oh, yeah. No, he didn't. He did it all. And he just had to record some voiceover stuff. So we had never officially met until two nights ago. Wow. And of course. So much history there, though, already. Immediately friends, you know? Um, And then I met his girlfriend. And of course, we got on great. And so we'd finished the show the other night. But like it was a late show. It was like 11.45. And he was in... Um, That's late for Ottawa. In, in Biagio's. <laughs> yeah, he was there doing his show and I was in the Marriott. And he messaged myself and Howard and Rob Pugh and Tavis and we were all in the pub having a drink. And he's like, come to my hotel room. Now, I don't think they were expecting us to arrive at 2 a.m. But we arrived. <laughs> they were all in their pajamas. And we still went in and had drinks. So. Kept him up for a couple more hours. Yeah. Yeah, well, he started to fall asleep and we were still there. I was like, yeah, we better leave. Um... Anyway, I've completely lost track of where Well, now you're going to be roomies. That's what we were talking about. Oh, yes. So I'm kind of expecting late nights. I'm ex- I'm hoping that we're all a little bit older where we'll all be like, right, I need at least six hours sleep or I can't function. Reasonable, yeah. Is yeah. Kyle one of the people yes. staying there? Okay. But I'm like, so I know Kyle really well and Lisa Baker really well. Oh, yeah. And I love Lisa and Jesus. Well, do you know what? God love the rest of the house. They have to put up with me and Lisa Baker talking for six days. (laughs) Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, massive clashing accents all over the place. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wary, but I'm hoping it goes well. I think we're all old enough to be respectful. I mean, it sounds like there's only one person you don't actually know. So that bodes well. Yeah, I've only, I've never met Big Daddy. I've heard he's lovely. Um, And then Kyle, I said, Kyle, you're definitely staying in the house, right? And he was like, yeah, I might stay with friends. I'm like, no, you're staying in the house. Because his folks live here. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, he's originally from here. Yeah. Um, And then the guy who's putting on this festival apparently always puts you up in great accommodation. So apparently it's going to be a big, huge, fancy, lovely place. There you go. Everyone will have their own area at least. Yeah. I don't think I'll be on a blow-up bed or anything. I'll get treated better than I do by my mother in Ireland. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least you'll have a proper mattress. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I have all these experiences now in my life and I'm like, this is so cool. This is just so great. It's so cool that you followed a dream that it seems like you kind of always knew was there, but you didn't yeah. really acknowledge it. Yeah, I was kind of scared to acknowledge it. And the move here was like the kick up my arse yeah. to do it. And the the, the catalyst of the divorce and everything, it was like it happened for a reason. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I do want to talk to you about family stuff because I know it's a big source of your comedy. And I also have uh, one teenager now and one who's, she just turned 12, but she's going on 16 already. Um, So actually, I wanted to start off, dad doesn't know this, but uh, on the gray button top left, there's uh, one of Fiona's jokes that if you could start by playing that. I just thought that was a great joke and I wanted to start things off with that because uh, it made me laugh really hard. Okay. <laughs> um, so I want to know, let's just start with uh, what are some things that drive you most nuts about raising teenagers? I've got my own a few here written out, but I wonder if we match up on any of these. Oh, holy shit. The entitlement. And, and compared to what 
I grew up with as a teenager, but it's a different world for them now. And and it makes you feel old just saying that too, right? Holy you don't shit. know what I dealt with when I was your age. Yeah, I hate when, saying shit like that. And when I say that, to, oh yeah, we know you to walk to school with no shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Backwards. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, that's stuff my parents would have said. Exactly. To me. Yeah, it instantly makes you feel old. Yeah. Um, teenager, it's a different world now. You've got the whole social media thing. And I'm just so worried for them and I try to make sure they're protected and I worry. And and every night I'm like, please keep them safe and happy and healthy. They're my three things I want for them. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty cool. Like we very, very uh, relaxed how we talk to each other in the house. Very, you know, we're an Irish family, so I don't mind if they curse. I don't yeah. mind if they say something inappropriate. We'll talk. I'd rather they did it at home with me. You know, I may allow, I probably shouldn't say this, a daughter have, you know, some drinks with me and, you know. Well, I was just going to ask ages, but if you don't want to get too oh, specific. Oh, yeah, well, uh, as long as I don't get in trouble. Well, she's nearly 18. There you go. And she then, can go to Hull. And... and then my son is 15 and then my other son is um, 13. Okay. And All teenagers, wow. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. But like, I swear to God, as stuff has happened in the house and they come up with stuff, I literally am typing it into my phone. And they're like... And they're like, are you going to use this on stage? And I'm like, yeah. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, well, we need to hear it first. Um, and so I always run everything by them first. Oh, well, that's nice. I would actually never take anything on the stage and expose them like that. Because in, in reality, they are the most important people in the world to me. Yeah. Those three are the most important and the people who I love the most it's in the world. It's not worth fracturing a relationship. No. Yeah. And I adore them. And I always wanted to be a mom. So I don't want to mess things up after getting this far by me pursuing a comedy career for me yeah. and using them. So I always say to them, are you okay if I talk about this on stage? And they laugh. And they're like, well, let's hear it. And I have to perform it for them first. And they are my biggest critics. And they can veto anything that yeah. they don't like. Okay. They'll rewrite stuff and they'll be like, why don't you put, you know, like my my gay son, I was doing a joke and I said, what about this? And he was like, um, I'll just stop you right there. He's like, only old fat gays like Barbara Streisand. <laughs> It's like my generation are Swifties. I'm like, okay, rewrite into Swifties. <laughs> oh, like Taylor Swift? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know she was a huge gay icon. Well, apparently Swifties and Nicki Minaj is this big one okay. that he adores. Um, yeah, so they will help me rewrite stuff. And they're like, is this going to make us money? Can we go to Florida again if we if you do these jokes? I'm like, <laughs> they're yeah. trying to leverage it. <laughs> exactly, potentially, yeah. So, um, well, what you're saying about like running by them does make sense, especially with the social media world, oh. because even if their friends aren't likely to maybe watch their mom's stand up or whatever, they do. Well, there you go. <laughs> Just the fact that it could happen. Like back, yeah. you know, 20, 30 years ago, you could do jokes on stage and be pretty sure that they no stayed in the room. Hear. You know, yeah. And I'm very aware of that. Somebody could have a phone out and record. And, um, or I'll put stuff up, but I'll always make sure they're okay with it. Um, and I'm very, I'm, I try to be respectful with that. I mean, there's one or two jokes that are like, oh, but they're, they still give me the go ahead. Yeah. Um, Not their favorites, but. Yeah. You know, and their teachers follow me and, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. That could get complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Social media is wild. And every parent teacher meeting, the teachers are like, um, don't put this up on social media. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, just give my kids straight A's, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One of the ones I I find with my kids drives me nuts is they are unable to wear proper winter gear. It's like, it's cool to be cold is what I wrote here. (laughs) Because that's the only way I can understand it. But that's a big one. I don't get why 
they would rather freeze off their appendages than just wear a toque and snow boots. Yeah, that too. You I don't mean, have to buy teenagers snow boots like it's saving me money, but also they're going to kill themselves. They're yeah. going out in Air Force trainers or whatever yeah. on ice. And crack their neck, yeah. Holy shit. I'm like, put on snow boots. Put on, where's your hat? Where's your scarf? And they're like, oh my God, mom. And that's the other thing. They all have Canadian accents. I'm like, I feel like I live with three exchange students. I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck are these three people? <laughs> Did they have Irish accents when they came over here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I have footage of them. Like they were age three, five and seven when we moved. And Oh, so seven. Yeah, it's pretty young still. Yeah. And uh, listen, as soon as the tires left the, <laughs> the ground in Dublin airport, taken off to Canada, my daughter had an American Canadian accent. She like she'd been prepping for a while. She had been watching all the TV shows and she's like, oh my God. Ah. I wonder like, if they went back to Ireland, do they maybe oh yeah. get a little bit of the Irish accent coming back? Or They will use the terminology and like say, mm. I'm going to the shops or can I have um, a packet of crisps or can I have like, you know. Okay, so little bits of it. Yeah, uh, they wouldn't call like over here, you called it like chips and soda and yeah. all of this. Or we call it pop in Canada. And pop and and. Yeah. And over at home, it, it's the different words and going to the shop instead of the store and that kind of stuff. So they'll they'll fall straight back into using all the terminology. Or I even noticed you earlier in the podcast, you said feck instead of fuck with the, the hard U. I, I know. I, well, this is it. Listen, I have to, if I want CBC to keep hiring me, I have to. <laughs> and even feck is too much for them, right? Yeah, I wonder, because that's technically not a swear word if you write it with an E, I guess. <laughs> Apparently it is. It's I've close had to, enough, yeah. When I do work for them, like I'll send in, I'll always make sure because I know I can dance around the edge of being inappropriate and I'll go okay what about this yeah if you could just take out slut or feck yeah, yeah. or shit or I'm like okay and I'll still I'll put in a different word that's okay but you know you have to be respectful to whatever audience is going to be listening to you well there's I think much more acceptance uh, for vulgarity in Europe from what I've got oh, yeah. or at least in the UK because I remember one time we went on a vacation to Florida when I was probably about my son's age probably about 14 mm. and we met up with some family that you guys knew uh, my dad's friends, and they had kids that were like seven and nine or something. And they were saying, fecking this and fecking that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was not, it was at my age of 14, even I thought, like, wow, look at these guys go. I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm obviously guessing this podcast is over 18s or whatever. <laughs> what, people who listen to it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you I don't, don't know. care about it's, cursing and. Oh, no, no. You can swear all you want. Okay. I just don't know if I yeah. have listeners under 18, yeah. possibly. Because I was, when I was, tra I was dating a Canadian fella for a couple of years, and when I was going, he was coming on a trip to Ireland and this was like a baptism of fire to see if this was the one for me. He didn't pass the test. He but didn't anyway. The family. <laughs> yeah, he met the family and then I came back and was like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. Oh, no. <laughs> right? But I had to warn him. I said, you know, it's when I arrive in Dublin Airport, it's not like everyone's embracing you and hugging you and oh my God, you're home. It's my brother standing at 5 a.m. with the newspaper under his arm, roaring. Hurry the fuck up, you slut. For fuck's sake, the car park's cost me a fucking fortune. You can't, you know, all this shit. Oh, man. And I had to prepare him. And literally, as we came through the doors, there's my brother. For fuck's sake. Oh, my God. And that's just this, this was his welcome to Ireland. But that's just commonplace over there. And if people don't call you the C word, you'd, I'd be worried. Like, it's a term of affection. 
That, that one blows my mind. It doesn't bother me personally, but yeah. over here it's seen as like, oh. like such a sinister word to throw it around. Really you know? is. It really is. I've realized that. And and another comic... Um, I don't think it should be. No, I agree with the, the UK. Why not? Who cares? It's just a word. It Like, those words hold no power. Exactly. Unless you give them power. And, and over yeah. here, they're given power to offend. Yeah. And at home, it's not. It's just... It, it, it's kind of colorful in how we talk. And, yeah. Um, but... but I have to be respectful of where I am and, and who I'm working with. And I, I can work clean, no problem. But it took me years to make sure I could work clean. And I had to that. really yeah. rehearse because every second word could be a feck. Well, it's against your nature, the way you were raised yeah. and all that. Hmm. And I had to train myself. Not, because when I first started doing comedy, everything was F this and F this and blah, blah. And it was great down in the comedy clubs. But then you're not going to get hired for corporates and you're not going to get festivals into the CBC and, yeah. and festivals. And another comic who was uh, a friend of mine, Rob Pugh, who was fantastic. Oh, yeah, very funny guy. Yeah, he said, he's he's like, you know, Fiona, it's great, but just take the Fs out, um, for, you know, so that you can level up to other stuff. Yeah. And I did, and I did level up. And I was like, okay, this is what I need to be doing. And, and I need to respect my audience. I've heard that too, that swearing a lot is some people view it as just like sort of a, a shortcut to trying to be funny yes. and instead of having to write you just you know use a vulgarity or or i think it can be great under certain circumstances some jokes it really does punch harder yes. with a with a fuck or something but i think if you rely on that is where you get you, in trouble yeah you can't rely on it you still have to have a joke yeah exactly it can't um, be the the main central nucleus of the joke you know exactly and so what's lovely for me now is i'll have the jokes and if i need to pop in if i'm doing like the late shows in comedy clubs, I'll pepper it in there. Yeah, if it's the act after dark yes. type of vibe. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I've got uh, a couple more things I want to ask you about. Uh, actually, we were just talking about how th things are different over there. So one yeah. thing I did want to touch on is um, drinking is so much more accepted in the culture. I mean, it's pushed pretty hard here too, but <laughs> I was seriously considering it must be hard if you're someone who wants to go and be like straight edge and get sober and you live in a place like that, it, wouldn't it be really challenging? Everything's in the pubs and it's just such a, yeah. you know, have you ever had people that you knew that had to move because they couldn't handle it? I know a lot of people who, um, who are, you know, uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous and don't drink anymore. Ireland is such a pub culture. Yeah, that's what I mean. Or England as well. Yeah. And and so everything revolves around, we're going for a drink. Meet you at the pub. Meet you at the pub. And it's a, it's a social thing. It's a community thing. But people, um, you know, have mastered, have been able to say, okay, I'll meet you at the pub. I just won't drink, you know. Um, and so, it's, it, you know, it has changed. It's still very much a drinking culture. I find now when I go back, I'm like, holy shit, guys. Like, I, I'm like breaks. a lightweight now, <laughs> yeah. you know? And even when I go out for dinner with all my girlfriends and, and my school friends and every second word is fuck this, fuck that and pounding drinks and I'm like, holy shit, I'm, I've, I'm out of practice, you know? Well, you got some distance away from it so it really yeah. strikes you more now. Yeah, and, and also I'm doing shows all the time and I'm driving to everything. Mm. So I don't drink really. So it's only when I come and do uh, festivals or when I do a long run somewhere, like I'm here in Ottawa for the five days, I'm, I'm not driving anywhere. So I can go and have drinks and I can go to the pub and just roll back to the hotel. 
Um, but I'm out of practice. I'm not as seasoned as uh, all my friends and family in Ireland. Speaking of driving, I actually wrote down, is there a higher percentage of DUIs in the UK? I got to wonder. Probably. Prob- I love the story of my dad. And this was like in the 80s, driving back hammered from the pub. In our village, right? So just coming from the pub. Not like, a long drive. Not a long drive. Got pulled in and they and they all know him. And they, so, you know, the police, the, our police are called Garda. So the Garda oh, walks up to his window and dad lowers the window and he's like, okay, Eamon, you know, I think you've had too much drink. Um, uh, would you like to follow us to the police station? And my dad says, uh, no, thanks. I'll head home. And drove off. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't follow him or anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is a long time ago too, though, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. this is like early 80s. Okay. You know? Um, but like, yes, I'm sure there are. Although, uh, listen, Canadians are fair drinkers. That's true. Yeah, we can Holy hold our own. Holy God. Yeah. The amount of beer cans. Are, and every show I go to, people are getting hammered. And I'm like... I never drink doing a show because I'm like, I don't want to forget where I am. And I yeah. might have a glass of wine through the show but not and pace it. But I can't get up on stage. I'm, I'm trying to, or maybe it's my age. I'm trying to remember stories and my storyline. And now that I'm doing longer sets, I need to know where I am. Yeah. Did I just tell this joke? You know what I mean? So yeah. I'd be worried to get hammered and lose my train of thought. Yeah, or slur your speech too much. Yes. Or I find the same thing with weed, really. I rarely ever, I mean, I don't even do comedy nearly as much as you, but when I do, I learned a long time ago that getting high first is generally not a great idea for yes. me. Yes, yeah. And the getting high thing is all very new to me because it's all illegal in Ireland. So weird. It's so weird. So and weird that alcohol can be so celebrated <sighs> and yet weed can be so contraband. Yeah. Oh, my dad's phone. <laughs> um, my twin brother is, um, you know, partakes. He's he's a head chef in a lovely restaurant in Malahide in Dublin. Um, and so he will, and for years, it's just the, the industry he's in, he will come home and have a smoke and chill out and then eat loads of food and, you know, mm. sleep until, you know, a little later in the morning, then go and work again. And that's how he relaxes. But he is so jealous that I'm over here and I will video me in the cannabis stores with these, like, it's like an Apple store and everything's beautiful behind cases, yeah. glass cases, and you can get gummies and you They're can get even get getting mushroom stores now too. Unbelievable. And I, so I'll film every, and he's like, you're so lucky. And he's like, bring that stuff back. I'm like, no, because I'll get arrested yeah. in Dublin airport. <laughs> well, is it that serious over yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Still. And it's ridiculous. They need to soften it because... People now can, uh, you know, use it uh, within reason and respectfully and, and, and respect it. Yeah. Um, it's not like it, it used to be, but uh, in my it's, mind. Either way, it's just weed. It's weed. I, I like smoke the biggest yeah. joint you can think of. You're still just going to get a little yeah. high. Like I, I don't. I don't think you can overdose on weed. Maybe edibles. I don't know the science behind that. Yeah. But and I, other comics think I'm mental because they're like, I'm like, I've never done mushrooms. And they're like, what? Oh, you should definitely try them. <laughs> <laughs> definitely should try them. I know. So maybe maybe when I'm uh, in this house for six days with comics, <laughs> I might exp- experiment maybe. with all the drugs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That'd be the best place to try it. I would say if you're going to try mushrooms, do it in an environment that you find very comfortable. And In bed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like to just watch funny movies if I do that. Yeah. Because I don't want my mind to race too much or go on some spiritual journey. Like I've oh. tried those things before meditating and stuff, and that can be a, a fun experience. But I like to just honestly watch, like laugh my ass off. I think that's the funnest. Yeah, I just start. I've only started experimenting with um, with weed and it's a whole new world for me. And it's when I don't have my kids 
And if the odd night I don't have a show, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try something. You had never smoked even like as a teenager or anything like that? I was too busy drinking. Uh, Well, fair. And probably afraid of the law, like you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't readily available. Like it's still... Um, you know, meeting a guy down an alleyway. Oh, yeah. If you need to get stuff. So I was just not into it. I was busy drinking or riding boyfriends or, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I just never got into it. But now, you know, at this tender age, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try. And it's lovely. Yeah, it can be great if you get oh. a good strain, yeah, that really matches with you. It's like, I am no people probably think I'm like an idiot. I'm buying like all, you know, the government stuff and it's all probably really like, and Comics laugh at me. I'm like, so I know I can handle like two milligrams. And they're like, what? It's like a baby dose, <laughs> I, yeah. But in in experimenting with weed, I'm I'm at the baby stage. You don't have that tolerance. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. It's now, better to take not enough than too much, for and sure. And this is it. I don't want to lose it, you know, and then be total. It's For me, it's more just to stop my mind and relax and chill out and... Uh, yeah, and so I'll take a little bit when I don't have the kids and watch some funny stuff or just relax. or And it's, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, you can get some strains that are just really physically make your body feel so... Oh, know, yeah, I am melting into the couch. Almost like yeah. you're getting a massage or something, you know? But I swear to God, I have this uh, rescue dog called Nutella, uh, chocolate lab. Yeah, I wrote lab. that down here. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, and I, I love her so much. And I got her two years ago. And so she's company for me. And, and I actually miss... Bring it like even though the hotel here in Ottawa is dog friendly, um, you can't leave the dogs over in the hotel. Like if I go out to work, yeah. And I was actually I saw Tom Green in Yuck Yucks and I and with Charlie and I was like, oh, I want to bring Nutella with me to Ottawa. He was like, just bring her. And I said, yeah, but like I'm not Tom Green. I can't bring my dog up on stage and everywhere with me <laughs> to do shows. Right? Well, you could ask. No. <laughs> oh, Depends on how she behaves. I suppose she's a very good girl. She's a very good girl. But um. Anyway, I swear to God, every time I do weed, she parks herself in front of me and just stares at me. <laughs> they have a, a sense. Yeah, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, usually she's in her bed snoring and she's a really bad snore. Um, every time I take weed, she's like, bing, right at me. And I'm like, was she like a sniffer dog? Yeah, it's like Wherever a cop she vibe. came from. <laughs> and she just stares at me like disapprovingly, like my mother would. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I still find it mind blowing that there's countries that are so strict on weed. I I do find it's always countries where alcohol is really celebrated too. Like we just got back from the Dominican, and that was a big thing for me. I had to not smoke weed for a week. Which really? Was, you know, I have a medical card and all that, so it was it, that still was not good enough. They said, no, don't bring it, don't risk it. You'll get thrown in jail for five years. You know. Wow. So we drank a lot instead, and whatever. I had some pretty yeah. vivid dreams. I don't know if you know about that, but when you're a pothead or stoner or whatever you want to call it, and you stop. All of a sudden, uh, yeah. you start having these really vibrant, viv- vivid dreams that I think it's because the weed uh, neutralizes some part of your your okay. sleep cycle. I don't know what it is, but I've heard this from many people that have corroborated what I experienced, which is just these lifelike dreams that are just crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's a very weird experience. But I have crazy dreams all the time anyway. So I'm wondering, well, I don't think I'll ever have enough time to get myself in- to become a pothead. <laughs> well, it's I mean? funny. When we got back, I was like... Oh, maybe this is the start of a new chapter. I haven't spent it was like the next day <laughs> right back on it. I don't know. It's it's so many more years of of living that way that a week was not long enough to shut that out of my psyche. And do you write down all these dreams? Uh, no, not really. I told okay. uh, Kelly a few of them when we were on vacation. Yeah. I, if I had a really weird one, I don't remember them now, but it was yeah. really, really uh, in- intense. Wow. I yeah. love all that. I always have crazy dreams and then I have to look up. I had a question for you actually in my random question oh, yeah. section. Just uh, what's uh, one of the weirdest dreams you've ever had? 
We can jump to that. Why not? We're talking about it. Oh, God. Or if there's one that stands out. I'm trying to... I, I have had this recurring dream and I've looked it up that I am in a massive city and I, I'm i lost. Right? I have a similar one where I can't find my car. Oh, okay. And I don't remember where I parked. I've had that a few times. So that just happens to me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I The dream is that I'm in a big city, like I'm in London or Paris or something and... I can't I'm get I'm can't get to a show or I don't know how to get home mm. and I can't contact my kids and my phone of course is dead and I'm on a train and I'm like I don't know what direction I'm going in and I don't know because I rely so much over here on um is it the GPS is that what you call it on the phone yeah, when Google you Maps Google or whatever Maps, yeah um uh, like, that's how I live my life. I mean, Canada's huge and people book me for shows. I'm like, they're like, can you come? Yeah, no problem. Get into the car, put into Google Maps and off I go. So if I lose Google Maps, I am fucked, right? <laughs> so this dream is obviously an anxiety. And I keep having this recurring dream that I'm lost in a big, huge city. Hmm. And I can't find my family. Have you looked at what it means and all that? I, I think it's just anxiety <laughs> and probably... A- I should do more weed. <laughs> that's what it's telling <laughs> or me. Or get to know the city and really memorize where everything is. Yeah, that's too much for me. No, no, yeah. no. Or just charge my phone. Always remember to bring my charge. That's also somewhere. a solid plan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, I have a few more Irish questions I sure. want to ask you. First of all, I want to give a shout out to this one guy. His name's Gary Cunningham okay. because he always is the first to comment on any episode I put up. And he's from Ireland, Dublin, I believe. I, I've texted with him a couple times. Okay. So just thank you for always supporting the show, Gary. I know a Gary Cunningham. And I, I, he's got a YouTube channel called You Are Enough or something like that. Okay, okay. No, I don't think it's that. Uh, he, he'd be an older guy. It's probably a fairly common name, uh, Cunningham. I don't know. Might be. That's very true. Sounds like an English name, isn't it? Cunningham. Oh. Um, so one thing I want to know is... Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about St. Paddy's Day because I, w- I was hoping to make this the St. Paddy's Day episode. Okay. It's not going to line up, but I'll reshare it around when St. Paddy's Day comes. So first of all, why is there a distinction between St. Paddy's Day or St. Paddy's Day? Okay. Do you know where that stems from? Yes. So Patrick in Irish, in Gaelic, I don't know if you speak any Gaelic I know like Slancha or uh, whatever my grandma that, told me when I was a kid. I probably do. said that terribly. We'll accept it. We'll accept that, won't we, Brian? We'll take that. We'll take Slancha. Good man. Um, we all have to speak Irish in Ireland. Growing up, you have to learn it. It's part of the curriculum. It is. Okay. And you have to learn it until you graduate high school. Now, we all speak English. You know, that was forced upon us years ago, right? But we do have a Gaelic Irish language, cool. which we all have to learn. So it, it, it's the equivalent of over here. If you want to go into media or in government, you have to be able to speak French and English. Okay. In Ireland, if you want to go into the media, mainstream and into government, you have to be able to it's speak just assumed you will Gaelic notice. and and uh, English. Hmm. We all predominantly speak English. There are parts in the west of Ireland that people will speak Irish. And when we're teenagers, we get sent off um, during the summer to Gaeltachts, which are uh, summer schools where you can only speak Irish. Oh, wow. It's about preserving the culture. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's lovely to have this little secret language. I love it. Are it's you still fluent? I can speak a good bit of it. And I love if I ever meet another Irish person in the pub and we can secretly talk about everybody in the pub. Can you give us a sample? Can you say, my dog stares at me when I'm high? I can't say that. <laughs> no, okay. I could, but I, I could have a like um, a conversation. Well, I could. I was, uh, yeah, told my mother a fake, um, I can't I don't know what high is. But anyway, Whatever, dog, though, dog is Madra. Madra, okay. And um, yeah, so we have a whole language. And so... 
Where the Paddy comes from is the word Patrick. The name Patrick is Porig in Irish. It's oh, P-A-D or A-I-G. So it's it's a nave Porig, Saint Patrick. And so the Paddy comes from the Porig, the P-A-D. Oh. So we would say Paddy's Day. There's a few names like this though, right? Isn't James is like Seamus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's another one I would try to think of too, but... So, okay. so it's it's the Irish version of um, it's it's the spellings that get me sometimes. Like yeah. the first time I saw Siobhan spelled out, <laughs> yeah. I went, "Okay, there's no hope for this." <laughs> oh, listen. Why? How did they spell that? S i o b h a n. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like Siobhan, kind of. And Mave. M a e v e. Yeah. I have a cousin mm. Mave. Yeah. Yeah, and we've you've all the and like Sirsha and all the Irish names. Um, I'm so, my one of my kids wanted to watch the movie um, Philomena. I don't know if you've ever seen it and it's, it's about... Uh, it's like an animated movie? No, no, it's it's a, an, it's a movie about, um, who's in it? Judy, is it Judy Dench? And it's about her having a child and giving the child up and sending it. It, it was about the, the industrial schools and the laundries um, hmm. where if you got pregnant as a young girl in Ireland, you were sent away to these places to have the babies and then the babies would be sent to America to be adopted. Oh, wow. And you were hidden away from your family and nobody was allowed to know that you were pregnant. You know, it's all the Catholic guilt. So much shame. Yeah. All this shame and all this bullshit. Anyway, so the movie is called uh, Philomena. And um, it was either my nephew or my son was like, oh, I, I heard about this really good Irish movie called uh, Philomena. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's like, well, we watch Philomena. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you saying, are you, I said, are you trying to say Philomena? You know, so it's the pronunciation because he was doing phonetically. Yeah. <laughs> Philomena. Oh, and then we all started singing LL Cool J. We we're like something like a Philomena. Something <laughs> like a Philomena. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. But uh, anyway, so the Porig comes from the Irish Paddy. Well, and can you explain that the actual patties. holiday? Because I feel like over here people just go, oh, it's just an excuse to drink. But I know there's some root in chasing the snakes away or something, right? <laughs> yeah, and they are they are. I should know this as an Irish descendant. but um, Yeah, I'll educate you now. Yeah. So St. Patrick um, was from Wales, okay? And he was a young boy in Wales that was kidnapped by Irish pirates and brought to Ireland. No, there were Irish pirates. <laughs> oh, there are. And well, he was brought to Ireland and to grow up. And he became a shepherd and worked in Ar- worked in Ireland, lived in Ireland. Um, and um, against his will, obviously. But then he, I think as he was old, when he was older, he went back to Wales. But he kept having these very vivid dreams about the Irish and missing Ireland. And that he needed to bring uh, Christianity back to Ireland because Ireland at the time was a pagan country. Oh. And yeah, and so he went, he returned because he loved Ireland, returned to Ireland and taught everybody about Christianity. And so that's where the shamrock comes in. So like in America and in North America, they think of a four-leaf clover as being Irish. Yeah, and it's not. A shamrock is three leaves. Okay. And it represents, and this is how he taught the Irish about Christianity. Each leaf was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Mm. And so he used the shamrock to teach the Irish people about Christianity and about God. And so the shamrock is the symbol. And then he became St. Patrick. And the symbolism of him getting the snakes out of Ireland is actually him getting apparently the pagan and the evil Mm. and the English (laughs) out of Ireland. Brought in that... 
evil yeah. Christian stuff instead. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not sure you, that was a good trade-off. But anyway. No, but the snake represents the snake with represented. Uh, Eve and all that. Yes. The temptation of Satan. Yes. And, okay. and that's exactly what it was. So he brought, he is um, accredited with bringing Christianity to Ireland. Okay. Well, and I definitely learned something. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And I definitely did not expect there to be Irish pirates. I think I'm still a little hung up on that. <laughs> We're here for your lucky charms. Oh, stop. Listen. Uh, well, this so people used to come to shows that I would do when I first started out and bring boxes of Lucky Charms. Oh, no. I swear to God. This one woman in particular, and her husband's really nice, and she's lovely, but she thought it was hilarious. And she'll probably listen to this. Hi, Rena. And she, <laughs> and she would come to shows. She'd either give me the Lucky Charm bars after every set. There's bars? Or a box of Lucky... There's bars. Or a box of Lucky Charms. And I always said to my kids, we are never eating Lucky Charms. Do you hear me? <laughs> I just hate it. Blah, blah, blah. And now what is my kids' favorite cereal? Lucky Charms. You got to embrace it. It's so, like us. So we now, like maple syrup, you know? I swear. So when it's a special occasion or it's Christmas or it's something, the kids are like... In the supermarket, can we get Lucky Charms? I'm like, Jesus, okay, but just this once. So, yeah, they do love the Lucky Charms. Do you shower with Irish Spring? No, oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you must have heard all of these. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I And I do it. I do it on stage. I do all about people coming up to me and me going, oh, top of the morning. Have you had your Lucky Charms and all this shit? When you were um, mentioning them sending girls off who were pregnant, that made me think about your joke about abortion. And you were saying that, um, which is hilarious, by the way, but uh, you were you. talking about how abortion is legal there. Is that still the case? Or? It's legal now. Oh, it is legal now. But okay. when I was, I'm what I talk about on stage is how it's unfair that it was illegal and I I had to have my kids. Yeah. Well, no. And she does this whole joke about like how she would have gone Sorry, to jail. Brian. She would have gone to jail for 14 years and, and now it's been 14 years and she's wondering like, did I make the right choice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really I said good. on my son's 14th birthday, I was looking at blown out the 14 cans and I'm like, did I make the right decision here? Because <laughs> you would have been getting out by then. Yeah. yeah. And he's a bit of a prick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. we. I think we went past the teenager stuff. I was also going to ask if, oh, yeah. um, do you also have the same lack of communication where it's like one word answers and mumbling? Because it sounds like you guys communicate maybe pretty good with all the comedy I kind talk. Of, I wish it was the mumbling and lack of communication, <laughs> to be honest. Because that's the stage my kids are kind of in. It's it's very short answers. and Yeah. So Some days I get that. Um, and I don't know whether it's because I'm a, I'm a single mom now and I'm in the house 80% of the time. Mm. They're, they're with me. And we have a really, really good relationship. I like touch wood. I like to think we do at the moment. Yeah. And I try to keep everything open, but it's gone too far the other way. They're telling me too much. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm still your mother. <laughs> yeah. Stop telling me about somebody wanting you to give them head. I'm like, ah, uh, right. That's a, yeah. Uh, I'm not able first, but I have to be like, mm -hmm, okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know? Um, and they come down and talk to me and they tell me too much. And mm. I'm like, there's some things, but then I don't want to say, don't come to tell yeah, me stuff. It's the lesser of two evils yeah. for sure. Now for sure there's the moodiness and there's the storming off to rooms and there's slamming doors. They have the ability, I find, to make you always feel like you're bothering them <laughs> with something. Even if it's totally like warranted, it's always yeah. just like, what? Yeah. You know? Even when dinner's ready. Yeah. <laughs> like I have to text them. Me roaring up the stairs five times doesn't work. You've just sent a text. Yeah, Snapchat or something. Oh, for Jesus' sake. I'm like, come on. You know it's dinner time. 
you're hungry. I shouldn't have to summon you and send you an invitation. Right? Yeah, I just made the damn thing. <laughs> you yeah. can smell it and you're hungry. Come down the bloody stairs, you this, know? This is why I'm excited for them to, in the next few years, get their own like part-time jobs and really learn that responsibility. And that Because your boss isn't going to give you any lenience in the way that your parents might with certain things. You oh, know? Well, my daughter is, she's already getting offers in for university and my heart will break, but I'm excited for, yeah, her, for her to, to, to head off. And she's been accepted to a few places, but the one she's focusing in on is Halifax Dalhousie. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yeah, I, yeah, I believe it. some people say Dalhousie, but I don't okay. know which is the right way. And so she just uh, study um, psychology. <laughs> don't know where she's <laughs> where she's getting that idea from. Growing <laughs> up in my house, um, and I'm really excited for her to go. And I said to her, you know, going to Halifax would be kind of the closest you get to going home to Ireland. And it's yeah, I've East Coast, yeah. And I said that you know you love it. And I think it would be an amazing experience for her. Um, but she is quite independent and she has a part-time job. I'll really miss her. She's wonderful. But I'm excited for her. The two younger ones, holy shit. <laughs> they're, 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 I mean, they're all very different people, but they're... And I think the divorce, like my ex gave them all little bank cards, and uh, which I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, I don't want them having access constantly to money. Uh, like, like Oh, for like linked to his account? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he sees them eight times a month. Um, he's a very hard worker and he provides and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, he gave them bank cards and it bothers me to no end that my son... I wasn't letting him have dessert the other he was just being a little shit and he'd had his food and I wanted dessert and I'm like listen you know you've just had you know cavities filled let's cut back a little bit just have desserts at the weekend yeah. we'll compromise um and uh, yeah then the doorbell rang and opened the door He'd ordered himself a fucking McFlurry. One McFlurry. <laughs> just like Uber Eats. On Uber Eats. <laughs> and then there's a one McFlurry sitting on the fucking doorstep. Oh my God. And I said, I cannot believe. Like he would have spent, what, $14? Just on delivery, yeah. And, a, and I said to him, do you understand that a man had to leave his warm house in the snowstorm and drive to McDonald's and pick up one McFlurry and drive it to... I'm like, how entitled... Are you? I'm just, I was so disgusted with them. And also, I wanted a McFlurry. Like, at least get fucking <laughs> yeah, least two, get right? <laughs> you bastard. But anyway. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it's a different world for teenagers. Everything is at their fingertips. Yeah, it drives me a little bit nuts. That drives me nuts. Dry uh, and kind of, can I have this? Can I get this? Oh, my friend has this. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know? I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I think we all are about staring at our phones too much. Oh, but yeah. At least I actively hate myself for doing it. Whereas yeah. the kids just embrace it fully and they just love it. You know, I don't see any kind of pullback from them. They would live on their phones all day if I gave them the option. Yeah. Well, I say to the youngest guy, he loves his phones or his DS or whatever. And he's really creative, an amazing artist. He wants to go into um, animation. And I think he's going to be fabulous at it. But I'd be like, well, let's take a break from the phones. Or, you know, do you want to come watch a movie with me? He's like, oh, that's just coming to look at a different screen. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you got me there. Yeah, it's a I'm fair like, comeback. Yeah, and why don't you do some art? And so he'll do the art, but he'll have the something running on a screen in front of him while he's doing the... I'm like, just you just don't need a screen all the time. So uh, the dog is fantastic. We'll go out and walk the dog. Let's get some fresh air. Getting Let's out in nature is always this. good, yeah. Yeah, and so we'll do a lot of that. 
um, and then they get up and then straight back to the screens. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, yeah. I can't even blame them when you think about it. We do it too. Well, and we're all being programmed by all these apps and yeah, that- TikTok. Yeah, I've seen some articles about how really messed up it is from people who are like neurologists and stuff talking Ugh. about how it's, you know, it's this little dopamine machine that we have in our hands. And totally. I saw this thing about how um, there was a big breakthrough for these social media platforms when they realized like Facebook back in the day you used to have to load and click here and something would load. Mm-hmm. But when they figured out the scrolling, yes. that that was sort of intrinsically linked to the same thing that appeals to us about slot machines. Like, oh, I'll just keep going and maybe okay. the next thing will be the thing, you know? So yeah. as long as you can keep aimlessly scrolling, eventually something will come along. So yeah. it's just, it's messed up to it's know that. It's messed up, but it's also a really valuable tool. Yeah. Like I started TikTok mainly to piss off my kids because they told me I was too old. And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. So I immediately Sounds started like a, challenge. a TikTok account. <laughs> and now I have like about 59,000 people following me, which isn't a lot of people in reality of TikTok. But to me, it's a lot. That's of people. a lot. Yeah. And Hell I'll put yeah. up a video once a day, even just if it's shit, you just need the consistency and people yeah. check in to see if you're there to say something. Um, And my kids are like, oh, my God. You keep coming up on all my friends for you pages and you keep, you know, all my friends are following you and my teachers are following you. And I'm like, it's fun, but it's a, it's also a really valuable tool. The shows I've been doing here, women are coming up to me and they're like, I follow you on TikTok. I couldn't wait to come and see you. And you're getting a, a fan base and people are able to watch you there and then come and see your shows. So it is a really valuable tool if you use it properly. Yeah, it, very There engaging. is also another side, you know. Um, I just like that you can go to your kids who said you were too old for TikTok and say, well, almost 60,000 people would I disagree. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, yeah, but who are they? They're probably bots. Or, oh, God, come on. Yeah. They're just jealous. They don't have that many exactly. followers. Well, yeah. you, they're, they're like, they're just old men. I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll getting, take it. Yeah, I'm getting up there. Now, I have put out, I I made a video the other day on TikTok, and this may come back to bite me in the arse. I was like, like, (laughs) I'm in residency in the Marriott downtown. Uh, If anyone wants to send me a Valentine's Day, leave it at reception, uh, the Marriott on Kent Street. And people are messaging me going, you may regret this. (laughs) Yeah, you might get some weird packages delivered. Yeah, well, the reception at Marriott will have to deal with them. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they can vet anything before it gets up to yeah, you. Yeah, I hope they're not going to call me and go, there's like a psycho man dressed up like a clown. <laughs> there's a box that's vibrating for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come down and collect it. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually really interested to see if anyone, I mean, I'm not expecting, I'm not looking for anyone to, but I just thought it was funny because you can interact with people on here and the people actually showed up to my shows and come to talk to me and they're thrilled and take photos. And I just, it's, I'm really touched yeah, by that. Yeah, it must be such a magical moment when you meet someone like that. It's amazing. That blows my mind. Wow. And I was actually going to ask you, because you're doing the Valentine's show tomorrow at Yucks. Yes. Um, do you have a Valentine this year? I don't. No? I don't. I. Well, there you go. I have my dog. Um, Maybe you'll meet someone at the show. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Those days, you know what? I was married for, what, uh, 12 years. And, good run. You know, as I say to the kids, listen. I have been riding for 30 years. I'm exhausted, right? <laughs> I've, I've had enough experience. Um, and my poor therapist, she's like, yeah, we really need to look at why you don't want a relationship. I'm like, do we? You know, I've tried it. I've had lots of boyfriends. I oh, you have zero interest? Marriage, zero interest. And I don't know whether it's a phase I'm going through. I dated a Canadian guy for nearly three years. About a year and a half after the marriage ended, I met this guy. Really kind 
very nice, very loving and caring person, but it wasn't meant to be. Mm. And um, we both wanted different things out of life and, and we broke up. And I was heartbroken over it, but I needed to break away from it. Um, and I've it took me a long time to recover from that. And then w- then I just was like, right, you know what? I get a dog <laughs> for company. Uh, I got myself some good toys and focus on the comedy and the kids. And I'm happy with that. Well, I think someone who does comedy professionally too, that's not necessarily the easiest no. partnership for the other person. It's because not. you're going to be always out at places where there's drinking involved <laughs> and... You know, you've got fans from TikTok coming up and saying hi to you, you know. It's it's a weird one and it's and the guy They have to be okay with all that. Exactly. And the guy I was with was okay with it. And he would come to nearly every show. Well, that's cool. Is mm, or or it's okay. (laughs) And (laughs) at the beginning it was cool and now I'm like, "Mm." It's cool like in concept. It it was a nice idea to have company in the beginning. Uh, but he was just very supportive of it all. But then kind of it's almost clingy a little bit at that point. Uh, yeah, and a lo- but out of the kindness of his heart, he was yeah. such a lovely person. Not to person. smother you or anything. Yeah, I can't say anything bad about him, except that I wanted different things out of life than he did. And um, and so I, we ended it, uh, and I was heartbroken. It took me about a year and a half to get over it, and now it's another year and a half on. And I'm like, I'm just not, I don't have the headspace or the space in my life yeah. to to go looking for it. And, and I feel... I'm content. And there's so nothing wrong with that, but so much of society puts this pressure on women to be like, oh, you got to be hitched up with somebody. So Why? Whereas if a man's a bachelor, it's like, gives a shit. It's cool, isn't it? Um, And exactly, who wants to get involved with somebody and they say, hey, do you want to go for dinner or drinks? And I'm like, well, I'm working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm available on a Tuesday for a few hours, you know? You'll just have to meet another comic. (laughs) That can work sometimes, like uh, Rob Pugh and Jen. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's I, a couple times I've seen it go. Okay. I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I listen. I'm not going to lie. After the divorce, I did, you know, ride a few comics, and um, <laughs> you, then you have to go on antibiotics. You know. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, my poor doctor. She was like, right. I know you're going through the divorce because you just stop coming in with STDs. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a cool mom. <laughs> yeah, at least they're the curable ones. It sounds like so. Oh. I think so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the rash went away. <laughs> yeah. My blood test seemed to be okay at the moment. But yeah, so so I've done all listen, you know, in I'm I'm forty-eight, you know, and I have been around the block. And even though that's people consider it old, I'm kind of like, I'm only getting started. I'm only doing comedy nine years. I would have given you early forties. It's Botox, thank you very okay. much. <laughs> Yeah, Je- Jesse Reynolds hook you up with that? Or? I swear to his <laughs> Botox is fabulous. No, no. He talked about it on this show. Yeah, he's a big proponent of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. And people like all these people on TikTok. Oh, my God, you've got Botox. I'm like, who are you? The Botox police? Who gives yeah. a shit what I put into my face, right? Yeah. I think people overdo this. it. Certain celebrities. Yes. You see the, the train rack ones where they I know can't say no and they just keep. Well, I can't afford to do that. I probably would if I could afford it. <laughs> well, in those really bad ones, it's probably a combination of like facelifts and other more serious yes. procedures, you know. Yeah. But like Madonna, look at Madonna. Oh, my, Jesus. I, Not and to I'm a huge her while she's down. I'm but. a huge Madonna fan. Ugh. And I'm like, someone do got the EpiPen. That's all I could think. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of looking a bit rough, but I love her and she's so wonderful. Uh, for me, I started it a couple of years ago just to freshen myself up and feel a bit better. And I'm like, is it something I want to do? I'm going to try it. So I've tried it a couple of times and. I am like, if you want to do something with yourself, 
do it. Yeah, it's no you one else's business. You don't have to business. answer to anybody. Yeah, um, uh, Yeah, I, I hope I'm not going to go too far. I don't want to, you know. I think up... the older you get, the less natural it can look. Maybe I'm yes. wrong. I don't know a lot about Botox, but I imagine if you're 75 and you do Botox, it probably looks out of place. I don't think it's so much the Botox. I think it's when they start getting these injectable fillers. Yeah. Uh, That's where things go sideways. I can't afford them, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you see me when it comes to the podcast next year. You'll be like, who's this? <laughs> I'll be like, the career's going great. Yeah, she's on the up and up. We Completely transformed. Boob job, fillers, muscle uh, flips. <laughs> uh, well, I hope not. No, no. I, I I, don't think I go down that. Listen, I've had my kids. People are like, would you ever get a tummy tuck? Would you ever? And I'm like, I have had three cesarean sections and recovered and gone through the recovery of those surgeries. Why would I inflict that shit on myself? Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I don't think I go down the surgery route. Yeah, elective surgery always seems weird to me. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not never say never. But at the moment, I'm not there. Okay. You know. Um. But yeah. So so that's. Thank you. Thank. I'll take forty one. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you gave me a similar compliment <laughs> earlier, and <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, we're just we're just being too nice to yeah, each other now. Yeah, we're all just you know, blowing smoke <laughs> up each other's asses here. Um, well, I wanted to talk to you about if there's anything that you really miss about back home and also just things that you love about Canada specifically. Um, what I miss about back home, and I found this really difficult to get used to when I first moved here, was the, co- the sense of community. And it's a smaller place. And if you, w- at home, everybody knows everybody. And that can be a blessing and it can be a disaster, a curse as well. Um and everyone's very friendly and everyone makes eye contact and everybody will chat with you. And if you're standing in line in the shops or in the store, somebody will chat with you. Or if you're walking up and down a, a street, somebody will be like, oh, hey, how are you? Even if you don't know them and you can chat with anybody and everyone's very friendly. This is what I've heard about the East Coast of Canada as well. Exactly. I loved Halifax. It was great. And so when we moved here and we started renting, I literally, we were supposed to move to Ottawa and I'd done my research there. And then next thing, two weeks before we moved, it got moved to Toronto. And I was literally at my kitchen table in Dublin, Googling, where is good to raise kids uh, in in Toronto? And everything kept coming up, Burlington and Oakville. Mm. Moved to Oakville. I knew nothing about Oakville. Uh, and I'm not going to trash it because I have friends there now. But I would, I could not get over when I first moved here. I would be leaving my house with my children other neighbours would be leaving their house with their children, walking to the same school. Nobody would make eye contact or speak to you. And I'd be like, hello, good morning, how are you? And they'd be like, "Just oh, who's this person awestruck. talking to me? And eyes down and not engage. And I'm like, oh my God, they're so rude. I thought Canadians were supposed to be really friendly. And what I've realised is that was just where I was living. You know what I mean? There's different places you can go where people are super friendly and really nice. But where I planted us, uh, people were just very reserved and kept to themselves. Not that they were rude, they just didn't want to engage. Very different from what you were used to. Very different. So that was a huge thing for me to get used to was the communication. Um, And then in the stores, you know, people uh, wouldn't be as friendly. Um, And it's just people are busy and maybe they're fed up and maybe there's such a changeover of people renting and coming into areas that they're like, I'm not going to bother making friends with people here. Um, And what happened was when I first moved here, I I found lots of Irish and English people and we all hung out together and we all heard each other. Little slice of home. yeah. Yeah. We all just heard each other talking and you go, oh, hey, you're from, and oh, you're new here. And then we all got to know each other and they were like my support system. And then slowly I got to know Canadian 
uh, other Canadian people. So for me, I really, really miss the sense of community and the sense of home and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but that takes a while when you move to a new country to build that up and find yourself. Yeah, that would be mo- moving to anywhere would be like exactly. that, I would imagine. So well, I wonder, though, if you did the reverse of that, if someone like me were to move to Ireland, would yeah. I find instantly that there's this community feel that you're discussing? Or do you think that it would take a while in the same way that, to warm I up? Think you, I think people are more open to anyone. We're just more, we communicate more, I think. You make eye contact, you chat with people. If you arrived in, people would be like, who's this new fella? And they'd immediately go to find out who you were, what you're about, why you're here, who I you're like related to. I like that directness to. perfect. Like that yeah. suits me perfectly because we're, I feel like I'm kind of like that too. I, I have no shame or fear of approaching somebody yes. and just saying hi. And it's in your blood, right? Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, and so that would that's a big difference that I found. Um, and that's what I missed. But then you get to know people and, you know, and I'm living on this street now, uh, 10 years renting. And I mean, when my neighbor, or not when my neighbor, when my landlord eventually goes to sell the house, I'll be screwed because, you know, we got the rent at a good deal. And now it's like double or triple what a feckin was oh, wow. then. So I don't know where I'll be living. Um, but it took years of living on that street for the neighbors to warm up and to finally talk to you. Okay. Yeah. And we're a very sociable family. Like my kids were building lemonade stands and out with Irish flags and balloons and all the rest. And everyone's just super quiet and very reserved. And eventually Mm. we got to know them. And it was actually when I got Nutella and I'd be out walking the dog all the time. Suddenly I know all of the dog's names That's on the That's a great street. icebreaker for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the neighbor's names, but I know all the dog's <laughs> names. <laughs> and so we've all connected over the dogs. And and they're all really, really lovely people. They just are reserved. Hmm. Interesting. You know? um, what was the other question? Uh, just I something about Canada that you really love that maybe is not so common in Ireland. Um, it's, let me see. I, people are, it's, it's huge and it's diverse. I'm still learning so much about this place. I wouldn't have gotten to know as many different cultures and as many different people from different parts of the world in Ireland. I wouldn't have had that um, luxury. Um, and I get that here. And and I'm meeting so many people through comedy from all walks of life. Oh, especially Toronto too. Yeah. yeah. And, and all walks of life, um, like their background, their sexuality, whatever – that I wouldn't have been exposed to in Ireland. And I'm not saying Ireland is getting more diverse, but as I grew up, it wasn't. Um, gay marriage over there or no? Oh, yeah. Ireland was actually one of the first countries to introduce gay marriage. Okay. I would have assumed because they have so many um, Catholic, you know, yeah. vibes about them. <laughs> what they do. But it, it's so funny because we're kind of forward on some things, but really backwards on a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, it was one of the first places. There was a big movement there about it. And, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so that's what I love about Canada is you can meet people that I've met a lot of people that have also moved here and set up home and but from completely different backgrounds. And then I get to learn all about their cultures and their backgrounds. And um, and I love that. And I love that um, Canadians are very, very. So once I scratch the surface, they will not necessarily make the first step. But once I scratch the surface and start chatting, they're actually they open up. They do open yeah. up very fast and are very welcoming and very friendly. And and Canada has been very very good to me um, in accepting me and and giving us a new life here. And I'm very grateful for that. And and um, I think what you were saying about Canadians being reserved, I wonder if that just 
plays into the whole politeness of Canada. Yes, I think we would it does. think that approaching a stranger and just introducing yourself be might be rude. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, do I don't get personally, that. but I think yeah, that's where it stems from. I think so too, and and I don't take offense at it. I was like, but why were why are they not like this? And then I think it is that I think it's nearly too polite. Yeah. Where I've had the, the, the old Canadian standoff where you're both trying to let each other go through the door first and then you just both stand there for like 20 <laughs> seconds and uh, no one knows what to do. Well, I get that at four-way stops. Oh, yeah. And oh, so, God, I hate that. And uh, uh, Genoa freaks me out of four-way stops is, uh, I'm sorry, older men. They, like... Oh, come on through. I'm like, just use the fucking rules of the four-way oh, stop. Whoever gets there that. first, just fucking go. I hate when people <laughs> try to use that politeness oh. to like circumvent the actual rules of the road. And and like their heart is in the right place, but it's just, it causes chaos. It's it does. so stupid. And I that always happens. And I'm like, Jesus. So I just plow through now. <laughs> Probably cause an accident. Um, A lot of four-way stops too. People come to the stop not paying attention at all yeah. to when they came to the stop in you know, corresponding with when other people stopped and all that. And then they kind of look up and go, oh shit. Yes. From their phone, probably. Yeah, you, you have know. to be so careful. Uh, Especially yeah. if you got people crossing, like pedestrians crossing as well. Yes. And then the four of you are all kind of like, wait, okay, I forget who was here first before this guy walked across. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that situation. And I had to get to learn all of those because the roads here are completely mental compared to Ireland. Well, you guys drive on the other side as well? We, we, yeah, we do. And we don't have as well, the roads aren't as big, you know, and we wouldn't have massive highways like you have here with all these exits. And mm. and so that was a big learning curve. And I had to learn very fast. Especially Can you turn right on a red? No. No. Okay. No, you can't. Not in Quebec either. So. Uh, and even here, even I was coming out of the hotel to come here and it's all these one-way streets. And listen, and this is what I love about Canada, actually. I have gone the wrong way down one-way streets Nobody has honked at me. <laughs> Nobody got upset. Just some Canadians like, oh, look at her. Eh? Yeah, they're like, look at that tourist. <laughs> and they kind of We're kind of polite. wave and are kind of like, turn around. Yeah. In Ireland, Jesus, they'd have cut your head off at this stage. <laughs> yeah, right? Canadians are like, you should probably turn around. Eh? Yeah. Oh, no, you're going to keep going. Okay. Wish yeah, you they're well. like, hey, bud, you may want to go the other way. <laughs> so I love that. Like, I'll fuck up on the roads and somebody will be like, oh, Better look next time. Turn around, <laughs> you know, and they're so cool and nice with it. Uh, like, it's not like New York where somebody's screaming abuse at you, you know? I don't know. My times driving in Toronto, I found uh, the drivers to be pretty aggressive. Really? Okay. Yeah, where I was doing like 130, 135, oh. something like that on the highway, which yeah. I thought was acceptable where the limit is 100. That is. And someone blasts around me, gives me the finger oh. like I'm the biggest piece of shit for going 35 over the speed limit. I don't know. Oh. Busy, busy city, I guess. I was actually walking. I was driving and I was I was turning left and this girl was on the uh, going on the walkway and I thought she was waiting for for me and she wasn't and she was a school a school girl and she gave me the finger <laughs> and being true Irish mommy I got out of my car and I was like did you just give me the finger the girl nearly fucking collapsed how right? old is she like junior high or something 15 oh, okay wow and she's like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I was like <laughs> I gave out shit to her my kids were in the car mom stop I'm like she shouldn't be doing that <laughs> I mean, getting out of the car, that sends a message for sure. I know. I, the, she nearly shit herself, right? She probably thought you were going to shank her or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, okay, well, sometimes I ask my dad if he's got a question, throw it to him and gives me a chance to look over my notes. You got anything? Or? I would uh, pick your Irish brain in another fashion, sort of going back to the feck fuck thing. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a couple of phrases that um, I know what they mean. I know what the intent is. I don't know where they came from, though. 
And there's one that I, that I consider a particularly ugly phrase, but they use it all the time. It says, taking the piss. Are you taking the piss? Yeah. I, I know what it means, right? But why taking the piss? So where did that come from? I don't. What does it mean? It means, are it's, you having a laugh? Are you? Are you? Yeah, you're putting me on. You're putting yeah. me on. Taking and, the piss. Yeah. Yeah, so I could say to somebody, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something cool or whatever. And they're like, you're taking the piss. Um, it's very much, are, are you messing with me? Are you having a laugh? Um, I actually am sure the where it mm. came from, but we use it all the time. Yeah. All the time. The I hear kids saying it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The other one was, um, and I think this is maybe just coming from the Gaelic, but uh, when you've had a great night out or a great time, you say, that oh, was a great crack. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a Gaelic word? It is. Crack? Yeah. So the so crack is the Gaelic word for fun. Oh, oh okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. that one makes lots of sense. I know. I need to <laughs> yeah. start teaching Gaelic in yeah. Canada. Set up a... Yeah. A little information. <laughs> Some of these things have, have, have bled over, I guess. And yes. uh, people just say them. And I wonder, you got any idea what you're saying there? You know? And you have to be <laughs> careful because it's spelt... So the, the crack, the Gaelic word crack is spelt C-R-A-I-C. Ah, okay. Crack. Oh. And over here, you think crack is in drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Crack, yeah. Right, yeah. So I'd be like, oh, I'm going out. I'm going to have great crack. And I mean, I'm, <laughs> and I've, I've walked into that a couple of times where oh, I'm like, God. I'm going to the pub. I'm going to have great crack. And they're like, what? And I'm like, crack, you know, um, and it means fun. <laughs> they're like, keep your fucking voice down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, or you'd walk into a pub and you'd be like, here, what's the crack? What's everyone do? And everyone's like, holy shit. Um, yeah. But again, it's, it's the Gaelic word. Yeah. I think I, stuff like that is so fun, though. So interesting, the different dialects from different places. Yeah. What do we have here? What's the Canadian thing? What do you hear here that's a weird expression? I know they say going for a rip. That's like the country. Hoser. Hoser. And no one says hoser, though. They, sometimes they really? do. I've yeah. never heard anyone you say hoser? that in earnest, like ever. I think of that as like a stereotype Canadian. Like back in the 70s. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's just they, a, they used to say it back in the 70s. Yeah, you hoser, you know. I think we should bring it back personally. Yeah. A lot of the comics say it. <laughs> oh, really? Or, or else they're just, maybe they're just trying to. I don't know the last time I heard someone say hoser and actually mean it like calling I, someone a hoser. Maybe they're taking the piss out of me, Brian, are yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you actually, because Kelly and I are getting married this summer and yes. we're still kind of trying to loosely plan what kind of a honeymoon. Okay. So that got me thinking, because we have talked about Ireland or England yes. as a potential spot. My mom has a blow up bed. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll make sure to hit her up. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know if, let's just say money wasn't an issue, which yeah. is not true, but let's just say I had all the money in the world. What would be sort of the thing that you would say are musts on an Irish itinerary for a trip. And I also was wondering if there are any Irish tourist spots that you would say are like majorly overrated. Okay. Um, oh, I'm going to get in trouble with people in Ireland. I know, I'm making you the Irish shit. ambassador here, but... Well, I am. I'm the queen yeah, of Ireland. Yeah, you got all this information. I, I got to hit you up on this. Um, oh, our, see, the thing is with Ireland is it's small. You know what I mean? You can get to do everything. You There isn't nearly... I don't think there's anything on that list that you say, okay, we won't manage to do this. Oh, really? You know, it's it's a small country. Like you can get from the East Coast to the West Coast in two and a half hours. Oh, wow. You know, it's, that's what kills me about going to gigs. And they're like, can you drive, you know, four or five hours? And I'm like, I could have driven across Ireland twice and <laughs> at this stage. I did not know that, yeah. That's... Yeah, it was a big adjustment for me when I came here. Huh. So... If you have anything on your list, I don't think there's anything that you can't do. You'll get to everything. Um, I haven't done the Atlantic coast. They've got a new drive. Uh, the, the, this whole new tourist thing 
where it's along the west of Ireland and it's all along the Atlantic coast from the south to the north and all these different spots you can do. And they've built a new road for it. Hmm. So definitely do that because the, oh my God, the scenery is absolutely amazing. I know they have lots of castles and stuff, which interests me. I like history a lot. Oh, for Jesus sake, you'd be falling over castles. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I think that's so cool, that stuff. I don't know why. The older I get, especially the more I get into history. It's so weird because I know all the tourists come and they want to go and see the castles and we're like, everywhere has castles. Don't pay to kiss the Blarney Stone. I don't want to kiss the stone everyone you else is You don't need kissing. it. You've yeah. got the gift of the gab. Brian gave that to you. Oh, is that you. what it's supposed to be? Yeah, it's supposed to help you talk more. You don't need oh, it. Oh, yeah, no. I need to kiss less stones, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so that, I mean, it's a beautiful area to, to go to, to Blarney and all that and see it. Um, and you'll be able to travel around outside all the coast. Just get all around the coast. And it, it's so beautiful. If you can get out to the Iron Islands off Galway... Make okay. sure and go. You're going to take a ferry out there or something? Yeah, you'll okay. get a boat over from Galway. And you can go for a day or you can go and stay out there. I would do that. Rent bikes, go around the island. Ah, oh, the Aran Islands are fabulous and the pubs are great and there'll be all live music. And Yeah, I feel like I would have a blast for oh, sure. Oh, inevitably someone's going to pull out a fiddle or a tin whistle and they're going to start up a session and music will start and there'll be a bar on and drinks and... I, and I know it sounds like stereotypes and like... But that's what it is. Yeah, especially. I don't know about the jigs, but <laughs> especially out around um, the West and um, and up north, up Donegal and all that's beautiful. And go up into Northern Ireland. Hopefully they won't have put a hard border back in for Jesus sake with oh. Brexit. Like things are changing, which is shit. Um, but Belfast, I mean, I'm from the Republic. So, but um, up in Northern Ireland is beautiful as well. Belfast is a beautiful city and you'll see all the history. And if you go around and... You know, be careful where you go. <laughs> you well, know? I've got family there, I would imagine, extended family. I know you guys have visited with some people when you went, you and mom. Oh, you've got tons of relatives in in Ireland, especially around Dublin, but uh, well, yeah, I, we don't have anyone in the north, though. Okay. I told you before we started recording, I don't know, I probably said it on the podcast before, but I do have my citizenship. My brothers yes. and I got it, and my family is very, uh, roots are all from there, I'm on my dad's side. So yeah. it feels like something that I have to do in my lifetime, you know? Oh, I- you should have Hopefully been there soon. already. Get yeah. over well, there. Well, yeah, exactly. I had kids young, so oh, I, yes. I was okay. didn't have a lot of expendable income. Don't bring the kids, okay? No, no. This, so no. are you honeymooning in Ireland? Well, we're not sure. We're okay. trying to pick a spot, but it's one of the, the places we've talked about. And yeah. we just did the family trip with my parents and my kids to the Dominican uh, yeah. last month. So this is definitely no kids on this one. Yes. Because uh, that was fun, but this will be fun in a totally different way, not having to wake up. At six with my own one. If I were you, I would get yourself into Dublin airport, rent a car and just drive all, take your time and just go all around the coast of Ireland. And you could do that like if you're going for a week or for two weeks. Especially if everyone's as friendly as you say they are too. And they, and they are. Yeah. It sounds really fun. Just go to all the small, even driving through the, all the small little village towns. It's, it's gas, which means funny. It's, it's weird. It's, you're, you're in a tiny town. Like you'll, probably have a heart attack on the roads going, the car's not even going to fit. Oh no, that, you know? would, that would give me anxiety, I think. <laughs> you will. And it's all fields and stone roads and you're like, shit, there's a car coming towards me. We're never going to make it, but you'll skim by each other. You'll be fine. Okay. But that's all part <laughs> that of the fun. That was not a selling point. It's all part of the fun and get just get down and dirty, hire a car, get a map and off you go. That's That would be my advice. Sounds like an adventure for sure. And you will have fun everywhere you go. Um, but and if you sure. want to go to England as well, would that be feasible ah, in the same forget trip? England. Forget England. 
Well, I, I like the Beatles. I don't know. I want to. That's Liverpool. I don't consider. Well, oh, that's not part of England. It is, okay. but I consider people from Liverpool. There's a lot of Irish there. Oh, okay. Definitely I didn't know go that. to Liverpool. Liverpool cool. is fantastic. Um, but yeah. So avoid England except for Liverpool. <laughs> that's I where shouldn't I'll... say that. I should. I have lots of English friends. They'll kill me for saying this. Uh, not that many people watch this show. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Especially not overseas, but. Um, but yeah, get, get yourself all around the coast, and there's castles everywhere. Um, get to all the pubs go in and have dinner in the pubs and drinks and just chat with the locals and, and that kind of a thing I, I don't know whether I'd go and stay in the big hotels I'd more book all the Airbnbs oh yeah and um, or bed and breakfast or B&Bs yeah. not even where you're going to have a you know an old Irish mammy running the place for you and uh, and it's all the conversations and the people you'll meet you'll love it yeah, you're convincing me. Here yeah, I'm sure. jealous. Can I come on the honeymoon with you? I'll be your <laughs> I'll tour have guide. To talk to Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I only have one more Irish question oh, yeah, I sure. wanted to ask you, which is um, because I saw you posting about some snacks from back home, like Tato's was the oh. chips I saw. So I wanted to know if there's snacks that, well, if I ever go there, that I should definitely try, or ones that you really miss, yeah. and also if there's any Canadian snacks that you've fallen in love with since coming here. Okay, um, the one I've fallen in love with. We don't get Is back it ketchup there. Ketchup chips? No, no. <laughs> Coffee crisps. Oh god. Yes. Oh Jesus. Oh, my god. They're delicious. Yeah, we should and export those. I everywhere. send them down to my sister in Florida. She'd be like, send me down some of them coffee crisps. And when my mother comes over now, she arrives with a suitcase full of Tato, which is cheese and onion <laughs> crisps. The exchange. And we exchange Tato and all the Cadbury's chocolate. And she then heads back with uh, all her Stuff from Victoria's Secret. Don't <laughs> fucking ask. Talk about this, yeah. And uh, all her Victoria's Secret stuff and her, oh, she buys all the baths and the candle shit from Bath and Body Works and uh, her coffee crisps and brings all that back to Ireland. Um, what I really miss is the Cadbury's chocolate, the Irish tea bags, the Irish rashers and sausages. So your bacon here, even okay. though you have Canadian bacon, in Ireland we would have rashers um, that would be our bacon and it's like a thicker piece of meat with more rind and fat on it. Oh, so it's like back bacon then. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you don't have it like we do at home. And then the, the black and white pudding, which is like, oh, I just suppose to describe it a little bit like haggis from Ooh. Scotland. So it's the <laughs> I know it sounds disgusting, but it's delicious. I barely eat meat. I only eat fish. So I'm oh, not really? the haggis type. Okay, so you're not going to get into that. Um, but yeah, the sausages and the rashers and the pudding and the tato and the tea bags uh, and the, the chocolate, the Cadbury's chocolate that you get here tastes very different. And it's because you're using different milk. Oh. Okay, we're using like full fat milk and things like that in Ireland in the There's Cadbury's factories. There's places I think where you can buy candy from the other side of the pond here though yes. right there's but the you little... can buy Cadbury's in the supermarket but it's not Cadbury's from Ireland okay there's a Cadbury's factory in Ireland in Coolock near uh, would be fair enough near to Balbriggan and to where we're from um, and they you know that's the real deal yes okay I used to drive by there and to me it was like the Irish Willy Wonka chocolate factory you know um, and so the chocolate you can definitely taste the difference um, so my mom would bring all that over and the kids are just, it's like every time she comes over, it's like Christmas morning. And she, she will have her suitcase and it's full of all the Irish stuff. And we just, and smoked salmon. Yeah, right. have to get the Irish smoked salmon. It's so good. And brown bread. Oh, geez, I'm making myself hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so the Kerrygold butter, the real Irish brown bread and smoked salmon with a bit of lemon. Oh, Jesus, gorgeous. That sounds pretty good, yeah. Gorgeous. I'm starving. 
I know when I've gone to Sugar Mountain, they've had a lot of stuff. Maybe it's from the UK, but I've seen so much candy there yeah. that you can't Is buy that here. still open? Sugar Mountain, yeah. There's one in... Uh, there was one on Elgin Street. There's one in a couple of the malls have them, I think. Okay. Yeah, Bayshore has one too, yeah. So when I would... I brought my kids when I first started doing comedy. Howard was very good to me here in uh, in Ottawa. And a lovely comic who is Irish. Well, do you know Ryan Denis from Kingston? I definitely know that name. Okay, so yeah. Ryan Denis... So K. Trev Wilson from Letterkenny. Yeah. So I met him very, very early on when I started. He seems like a sweetheart. Oh my God. And and this is the one thing I would say to other comics. When you're coming up and when you're starting, stay and watch the headliners. They're the ones getting paid for this. They're the professionals. Look at their timing. Look at their structure. Look at their uh, demeanor on stage. That's where you're going to learn. You're going to learn more watching the headliner than going from open mic to open, doing 10 open mics in a night uh, and watching you know, other new people. Yeah. Watch the professionals, to try to right? Figure it out. Yeah. And so uh, I watched him. We were in the Bombay Bicycle Club in Toronto doing a show and uh, we were just uh, opening, whatever. And he was headlining. And this was before Letter Kenny had started. And I would always go up and say hello to the headliner. And uh, so I started talking to Kay Trev and we got on brilliant and had a great laugh. And so we, we became friends years ago there. And he called up Ryan Denis, as far as I remember, and said, you need to check out this Irish girl because he knew of Ryan's heritage. And then Ryan Denis called me. He said, get your arse to Kingston. Come and do um, Absolute or, or whatever it was there at the time. And so Ryan Denis was very good to me in opening up for me to get more stage time and, and travel and, and do other places. And then Ryan Denis contacted Howie in Ottawa and went, you need to see Fiona. And then Howie contacted me, he goes, it's not often Ryan Denis will tell me I need to see somebody. Can you come to Ottawa? And I was like, I was only very new. And I was like, shit, OK. I said, look, I'll come and I'll get my own hotel and, you know, kind of showcase. Yeah. And it was at the Elgin. Um, Howard's the best. Oh, my God. So good. And so, I mean, I knew nobody. I was only about two years in. Very rough. But not afraid to get up and try it, you know. And so I arrived in uh, Elgin Street, Yuck Yucks. Met Howard. And he was like, you know, it's not often Ryan sends me something, somebody, so I wanted to see you. And I got up and I did my set and I came back down. He's like, yeah, that's funny. He goes, do you have more stuff about the kids? And I said, yeah, I do. And then I did the late show, got up, did more stuff about the kids. He's like, okay, great. He was like, I'll have you back down in a couple of months. I think I did that weekend. And he's been bringing me back like twice a year ever since. Um, and being very, very supportive. Yeah, I've seen you doing lots of gigs here. Yes. In the last, like you said, last couple of years yeah. before that, I never really saw you around here. And now you're popping yes. in quite frequently. Yeah, and it's kind of like every every uh, six months I'll be back. Although I'm busy now because I'm here now and then I'm coming to this Crack Up Ottawa. In March, yeah. In March as well. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know where I was even going with this. I was going to say K. Trevor Wilson, you got me thinking. I'm sure I could just Google it, but I've always wondered what the K stands for. Oh, he told me. It's like Kevin or something. It must be. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but now he's changed. I don't know. Does he go by Trevor Wilson now? I think he's still K. Trevor Wilson. Oh, everything okay. I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to me, he just seems like a big teddy bear of a guy. You know. He is so lovely, and Great I haven't. Laugh. And his and I haven't met his wife yet. Like I have, I haven't seen him in a couple of years. But he was very good to me in the beginning. Mm. Um, very friendly. Yeah, he's blown up huge. Huge, yeah. and I'm so happy for. I him. I saw him on that um, LOL. 
where they were all trying to make each other laugh. Did you watch that show? Yes, that was really yeah. good too. And he's and he's got such a great chuckle. Yeah, uh, and so, he was so welcoming Contagious and so laugh. friendly to me um, in the beginning. And I think that's I think because I'm not a, like you had said, you're not afraid to go and talk to people. No, I would always approach people whether they liked it or not, and I would know very <laughs> quickly if they didn't want me to talk to them, I'd try and walk away. Um, but maybe it's the Irish in me. I'd be like, oh, hey, I'm Fiona. I'm from Ireland. I'm a comic. And usually people will chat to you and ask you a bit about This has Ireland. been very eye-opening, to be honest, because you're describing kind of like my personality. And I'm starting to realize I think it's just Irish genes, apparently. I, I think it is. I think it is. We're, we're j- we'll go and say hi, where an awful lot of other comics, other comics are like, you know, how did you start? And how did you get this? And how, early on. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I just went and talked to people. Yeah. I mean, I just always figure the worst thing that could possibly happen is they give you some kind of vibe they don't want to talk to you and then you just and that happens big deal you know yeah, yeah. but and the other alternative is you hit it off and you made a new friend and learned some new shit so and that's so for me it was kind of and it wasn't that I was networking I was genuine, genuinely interested in chatting to these guys yeah and saying hello and I loved your set I think you're hilarious and of course they hear my accent they're like oh where are you from and that just sparks off the conversation yeah you know and yeah there'll be people who are just like some people might be drinking or getting stoned or they're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Nice to meet you. Or it, it, or they're introvert or they aren't who they are off stage, on stage. You know, it's different people. Yeah, it's so, a persona or whatever. Yeah, and you go up to talk to them thinking, oh, yeah, they'll chat and they don't want it. That's fine as well. Yeah, you like know, you haven't lost anything in that situation. You exactly. Know? And, and I'm old enough to kind of go, well, I'll go and say hello if they don't want to talk to me. That's their business. Yeah. You know? No, I'm the exact same way. And it's uh, a good way to be. You, uh, I can't believe I didn't bring this up. Not that yeah. it's that big of a deal, but uh, when you said your name out loud, I went, oh yeah, my daughter's name is Fiona. I had never mentioned that yet. So What? Yeah, for whatever. We've been here for a four hours yeah. talking. <laughs> and we were talking about our kids. I don't know why I didn't mention now, that. Now, why but... did you call her Fiona? And don't say Shrek. No, actually, uh, <laughs> the time that my ex and I were trying to pick a name for her, Shrek, the third one, I think, had just come out. <laughs> so we that was almost one of the reasons we, we didn't want to name it. Because, okay. you know, we'd say, oh yeah, we're thinking about Fiona. And people would oh, like Shrek? Yes. Yeah. The Ogre Princess. That's yes. what I thought of when I was thinking about naming my beautiful daughter. No. Yeah. Um, the Irish connection, really. I, yeah. We just liked it, how it sounded. But yeah. then when I realized that it was like a Celtic in origin. And how do you spell it? Because there is a Celtic spelling, which my mother put on my birth cert. Oh. I, well, and we spelled it the way you spell it in Canada. <laughs> yeah. So, that, and that's the way I spell it. Yeah. My mother trying to be really Irish. Well, she doesn't have to try to be really Irish. She is. So, the Irish spelling is F-I-O-N-A-G-H. So, at the end, it's Fiona. like, ah. Fiona, yeah. right? And my sister Orla is <laughs> O R L A G H. But it's on all. It's on my birth cert. It's on my passport. It's on everything. So any documents or anything I have to sign, it's Fiona. Um, <laughs> but I don't use it because you know. That's like I, my dad. He's Brian, but that's not his real name. What's your real? Who <laughs> well, are it is you? his real name. He's changed all his. <laughs> no, I, my real name is Bernard. Bernard. Okay. And my father's name was Bernard, and he became a Ben, and I became a Brian, and. <laughs> Stop. Pain in the ass. The Irish never use the name they're given. I swear to God, every single one of my uncles and my dad, their first son. Are you the first son? Yeah. Yeah. All called their first sons after themselves. Oh, yeah. So you're a junior then. I never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. I called you junior or the second. Yeah. Bernard Oliver Riley. Yeah, he's my got name. my And I that's got my, my name father's name. Middle. Yeah. But that wasn't his father's name, but he wasn't the first son. So either. wait, his middle name was also Oliver? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I knew your name, middle name yeah. was, but oh, yeah. interesting. Now, was the Oliver after Oliver Plunkett? Oh, Jesus, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard of Oliver Plunkett. Yeah. Yeah. 
His like, head is in the field. I always got Oliver Twist growing up. Did you? That was one of the go-to uh, sort of, not teasing, but you know. Yeah. Oh, like Oliver Twist or a couple other ones I'm trying to remember now. Olivieri Pasta was another one that was just a local yeah. pasta brand. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was a big history in our family and in most Irish families, the firstborn son's named after the dad. So my dad was Eamon and then my brother's Eamon Jr. And my uncle is Thomas and then Tommy Jr. and oh. Robert and Bobby Jr. And it's all... So if you were to not do that, people would be like, thinking we, that was weird? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's so like, how weird is it to have a kid and go, I'm going to call them after me? <laughs> yeah, I would never do that personally. You know, know, nothing against people that do that. But yeah, it almost comes off like a little bit narcissistic. <laughs> like, But it's but it's a thing in Ireland that the people it's do. It's tradition. Carrying yeah. on the name. Yeah, I get that. You know? Um, and I know my, so for, for my kids, so my maiden name is McKeown, M-C-K-E-O-N. And yeah. so um, I, I uh, it's so funny. I was saying to somebody, well, I kept the O'Brien name because I'd started comedy as an O'Brien. And I was like, when well, I just dragged that through the mud now, right? <laughs> I'm not going to use my good name on stage. <laughs> 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 and uh, I know that, so I have two sons and, um, you know, talking about carrying on the O'Brien name. And so my um, ex-husband has two sisters. There is a, so there's, my boys would be the only ones carrying on the O'Brien name. Mm. And uh, your dad's happy about that. Yeah, and it's weird because one of the sons is gay and he's like, you know, I'm never having kids. I'm just going to have loads of dogs or whatever. So that, that's kind of stopped with him. So now it's all on my youngest fella. Oh, <laughs> he's no, got the, the pressure, pressure to carry on the O'Brien name. <laughs> um, and I, I made a joke. I, they were like, so why do you use the O'Brien name? I'm, I'm like, think of it like Tina Turner. And she divorced Dyke and, and she was in court and she was like, I just want to keep my name. <laughs> I yeah. work too damn hard. I want well, to keep my name. <laughs> lots of people have stage names too. It's not out yeah. of place. And O'Brien is easier. I know if I came out as Fiona McKeown, everyone would be like reading it. Mackin, McKean, McCon, yeah. McKean. O'Brien's easy. I had a similar situation, um, partially from doing the show. And, and when I intermittently do comedy, I didn't want to use my real last name, which is yeah. very Irish. Uh, yes. It's Riley. Yes. Um, just be, even just day to day shit. I found it so annoying whenever I would say Riley, no one knows how to spell it. They always spell it like R I L E Y, like the yeah. name Riley uh -huh. and we're R E I L L Y. Yeah. And yeah, I've always found even just my name with my first name ending with an R from Oliver. And then my last name starting with an R, it sounds like this slurred together like Oliver Riley. I, I just don't like it. So I, I use my middle name as my fake last name. Oh, it was like when I was having, so you were talking about your, your daughter's name, Fiona. When I was having uh, my first baby and it was a girl and I wanted to call her Molly. Okay. Nice but then Molly O'Brien like sounds like an Irish hooker or a pub, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, we, we can't. We can't call her Molly O'Brien. It's too... We, we actually had a similar thing. Kelly and I, um, we have a, a child together. My first two kids were with my ex-wife. Yeah. But we have a, a little guy who's almost going to be six in May. And uh, we, prior to him, we had a pregnancy that ended up being in, in a miscarriage. Mm. Um, and we both... We both had a feeling that it would have been a girl. I don't know. That's yeah. that's hearsay. But neither uh, either way, we were discussing names and, and what we might name boy or girl. And yeah. we loved the name Willow. But then we realized that Willow Riley sounds like Willow, like Bill O'Reilly. You know, it, it sounded it like a new name. Yeah. Willow Riley. You'd be so. thinking the O is the O yeah. apostrophe Riley. So we, we ditched that. Plus, we didn't have a girl, so it didn't end up mattering. Okay. <laughs> but, and now Parker is our little guy, so. Okay, now it's on to the... Uh, we've done all the Irish stuff, all the comedy stuff. These are just my fun, random questions. Oh, God. 
Um, oh, one I wanted to ask you about. Um, I saw a picture of you with Adam Sandler, and I just wanted to ask how that came about. Was that a comedy gig, or was that just random in the street? Kind of you ran into him, sort of. So Adam Sandler, I'm talking about as if I bloody know him. I don't know him. Okay. Well, it's a nice picture of the two of you. I'm you look very sure friendly. I was getting a picture. All the Canadian comics were too shy. I'm like, fuck this. I'm getting a <laughs> That's picture. What we're talking right? about, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Poor Adam Sandler's like, oh no. Oh, he looked um, happy. Uh, was he? Um, <laughs> I actually, there's a funny story behind this and I feel bad. So he was making a movie. He's been making a movie. It's going to be coming out. It's called um, You Are So Not Coming to My Bar Mitzvah. I think that's what okay. it's called. It was filming in Toronto. Filming in Toronto okay. all last summer. And so he was popping up all over Toronto and he was coming to a lot of comedy gigs. He was playing basketball a couple of times, I heard. Yes. Yeah. And apart, and really friendly and he had showed up um, the Corner Comedy Club, which is right across from Yuck Yucks downtown Toronto in the lane. There's an alleyway out the back. And out, you come out of Yuck Yucks and the corner is just down the stairs and it's kind of a really cool place. So he was hanging out there a bit. Um, and a guy who's in his movie, who's also a great comic, who's been opening for him on tour called Joe Vesey. Um, I arrived into Yuck Yucks to do a show. I'm emceeing. They're like Joe Vesey from Adam Sandler's movie is going to be on. So I met Joe, chatted with him. And I said, oh, is Adam going to be here tonight? He's like, oh, sometimes he turns up, sometimes I don't know. And so um, I I did my bit, opened up, warmed up the crowd, introduced Joe Vesey, got to talking after the show. Uh, he was talking to me and Pete Johansson in the alleyway. We were having a good laugh. And, um, and then suddenly Adam Sandler just walks out of the Corner Comedy Club and, you know, in his big basketball shorts and the T-shirt, his wife was with him, had a few other people. I don't know whether they were friends or I can't imagine he would have minders. A bit of an entourage, though. Yeah, there was an entourage, but probably just friends or people he's working with. Um, about seven or eight people came out and I was like, oh, my God, Adam Sandler. And he walked down the alleyway. Nobody bothered him. Off he went. Anyway, so he went around the front of Yuck Yucks. I'm at the back in the alleyway chatting with Joe and Pete. And um, Jessica, who's the manager of Yuck Yucks, popped her head out and I'm such an idiot. She's like, Fiona, you left your tripod in here. Come in and get it. So I came back into Yuck Yucks. The place is empty. And I run up to use the loo, the toilet. Um, and I went to get my tripod, went, went up to the loo and Joe Vesey's standing outside the men's toilets. And I'm going to use, and I'm like, oh, hi, Joe. Uh, I thought you were heading off because I'd said goodbye to him in the alleyway. And he said, oh, um, the main guy is just using the bathroom. Taking a shit or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I'm about to ruin his shit. Right? Because... <laughs> just stormed into the men's yeah, room. Yeah, I was like, I am never going to meet him ever in my life again. And my kids, I love him. And my kids love him and watch all his movies, right? So uh, I go to use the loo, come out. I'm talking to Joe in in the hallway. And um, Jessica, the manager, is waiting to grab a picture with him as well. Poor Adam Sandler was probably in there trying to have a shit and knew that we were in the hallway talking, waiting. You could hear everything, bro. Yes, and probably was like, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. you're throwing me completely off my rhythm. I'm not enjoying this shit at all. <laughs> in my head, this is what happened. And so I said to Joe, is there any chance you'd introduce me to him? And he's like, yeah, of course. I said, I don't want to bother him. I just want to quick high and get a photo, if that's okay. And Joe was like, don't worry, he's really nice. I said, okay. So Adam came out. Um, very, very nice, said hello to the kitchen staff were cleaning up the kitchen and he was like, hey guys. And they were like, oh my God, hi. And then he was walking down the hallway to me and I went and Joe went, oh, Adam, this is Fiona. She was just on the show. And so he fist pumps me. He was like, hey, I heard you were really funny, Fiona, and gave me a fist pump. 
And I said, would you mind if I took a photo with you? My kids would absolutely love it. He's like, no problem at all. So we got in for the photo. He's like, tell your kids I said hi. I said, oh, they're with my ex-husband for the week. It was during the summer. And I said, I'm living the dream out doing all the shows. And he's like, there you go. That sounds great. And anyways, then we walked out back into the alleyway and I said goodbye to him. And then we ended up going into all into the corner comedy club because I wanted to see other comics. I don't work there, but I was watching other comics yeah, on there. Yeah, just check out the show. And so he was at the back of the room and I'm sitting there and I, I just loved seeing the other comics up on stage and suddenly clocking that Adam Sandler's <laughs> watching them. Yeah, that'll mess with you a little bit. Holy shit. And yeah. it really did. And it was fascinating for me to watch. Um, and he didn't do a set. He was just watching people and laughing. But how cool for those comics to look back and I'm making Adam Sandler laugh, you know? Yeah, if they did well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he left just before the show, while the show was ending. And then as I came up out and I was talking to other comics and friends that we, you know, we all see each other and chat. He was in his big SUV or whatever, his wife was in the front seat and his friends in the back and he was had the window rolled down and he was talking to the comics that had been on and then I came around with the other comics just chatting and he was heading away and he said, it was really nice to meet you guys and uh, and, ni- and to me, nice to meet you and, I, and he was so kind and gracious to give us all time and maybe he has that respect for comics that are newer, that are out there, he that are He seems like grinding. such a chill guy. <laughs> Really relaxed. And I'm sure people annoy him all the time. And I was like, oh, am I annoying him getting a photo? But it was it was, very, it was like over within seconds. It's like you said, though, that it's you're never going to have this opportunity again. Yeah. I, I actually had a similar experience where I went to um, actually ties into two of these things. I went to um, Just for Laughs just to watch, yeah. not to perform. <laughs> I wasn't invited for that um, with not some yet. friends. Oh, thank you. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, we went to a, a live podcast of Pete Holmes, his podcast. Yeah. And I'm a big Pete Holmes fan. And yeah. afterwards, I really, really wanted to meet him. Same vibe as you. Like, when am I ever going to have yeah. this opportunity again? I just want to take a picture with him. And he was super nice. I got a great yeah, photo yeah. with him. He was very sweet guy. And uh, the other couple we were there with, the the woman from that couple, she was obsessed with him, but she was just too uh, nervous to, or she yeah. just thought it would be rude or she didn't want to bother him. Same sort of thing. And eventually I convinced her, we left and I said, let's go back. You just want to hug, you'll get a hug, but she still regrets to this day, not taking a picture with him, you know? Oh. You see, but that was your Irish blood that's that pushed what I mean. you yeah, forward. I'm glad to have that. Um, and the other thing I was going to say why that tied in was you talked about someone being the audience. We went to see a show at one of these little theaters that had a lot of great comics, some people who have blown up since. But uh, it, right before the show started, it became clear that Nick Kroll was there in the audience. And okay. another guy went up and said hi to you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no fear. But uh, so yeah. I me- remember thinking the same thing, like, holy shit, imagine you're on stage and then you, you connect look, and you're yeah. like, I would probably freeze up and freak out, but everyone did great. Yeah. And, and, so I, and it was so funny. So I posted the picture and I, and I sent it to my kids and like, if you ever want to impress your teenagers, get a picture with Adam Sandler, right? <laughs> my one son was fumbling so much. He was like, oh my God. He's like, this is Photoshop. And I don't he believe. typed Adam Dankler. <laughs> and then underneath, oh my God, Sandler. Oh my God. And then um, and my daughter was, she was like, is this real? Oh my God. And then she's sending it to all of her friends. And, and, and uh, it, what I loved, what I loved, and I will talk, I don't know if you were going to ask me this, but I'm going to tell you anyway for my ex-husband and his girlfriend to see this. Uh, rubbing it in. <laughs> and it, like they're on vacation with my kids and their kids are like, 
Mom's with Adam Sandler in Toronto, even though I was only beside him for three fucking seconds. They don't know that. They don't know yeah. that. Well, they will now. They're not going to. He's bringing me on tour. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool, and I was. He was very gracious, and he was kind. He could have just gone, "Oh, I'm not in the mood," and I would have respected that. But he was very nice. Um, but that was sent, and the reason I loved that that was sent was. My ex's girlfriend, who he conveniently has been with since we split, um, <laughs> told me I would never be a comic and I was not a comedian and I wasn't funny. Ooh. And that my comedy, when she first met me, and that my comedy was just malicious. What a dick thing to say. Yeah. And so, she, she, yeah, she was just like, your comedy is just malicious and I'm a fierce defender of the man I love. I'm like, you've been with him like three weeks. I so love I, you trying to do that accent. So I'm, I'm not doing it well. <laughs> no, no, you're doing fine, but... <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, she told me I was malicious and blah, blah, blah. And that's why I called my album Magically Malicious. Which is a great name. <laughs> it's real up yours, right? Yeah, no, clearly someone telling you you can't do something just like with the TikTok. There you go. Yeah, nothing fires me up Stick more than them, people yeah. telling me I can't do stuff, you know? That's great, though. Use that as fuel, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually getting some merch made. People are like, you need to sell merch. And people come up to me after shows and I have other comics are selling stuff. You know, you don't get paid great at some gigs, but you make money on merch. And I'd never been one to do this, but others are like, why aren't you? Get stuff made. Oh yeah, if you have TikTokers coming up saying they know you, then yeah. you could definitely sell some of that. And so Lisa Baker, um, her husband-to-be, um, has been doing merch for her and she's doing amazing. And people want to support you and, and help you on your journey. So I'm having some Magically Malicious t-shirts printed up. And I'm, and Jerry D is like, you need to tell that story about that woman telling you you're never going to be a comic and that you're malicious. And they're and like, hey, the picture of Adam please Sandler. buy my t-shirts, Magically, on my album, Magically yeah. Malicious, right? And then he's made up some, we designed like a pint, like a Guinness pint, and it says Happy Feckin' Paddy's Day. So they're all being printed at the moment, and I'm going to bring them back here with me end of March. That's great. Yeah, yeah. let me know. And start, I'll grab one of those. Yes. I'll send you I one. I totally get the reservation to not like want to do merch though, yeah. because I think that's part of that imposter syndrome yeah. of like, no one wants a shirt with my face on it, which they do. But you know, I think that's normal to not be a narcissist yeah. and think, you know, or, or you're just the fear that you're going to end up with like a garage full of merch that no one buys. That's another well, thing. Well, this is it. And so I said to, I said to Brett, um, who's Lisa's, uh, well, he'll be your husband soon said, uh, let's start off small. Let's do it online. And I'll send my TikTok people to it. And if, if they want to buy it, they buy it directly. And he prints them on the go. So he's not printing a huge warehouse. Oh, you don't have the surplus. Full. Okay. And, and I said, just send me 60 in different sizes. And especially coming up to Paddy's Day, people are going to like, listen, you're going to buy a shirt in Dollarama or buy a shirt from an actual Irish person who's, you know, trying to make a career here yeah. and support me. Um, And so... Anyway, give people options. And so he's printing up. I said, let's start with just 60. I'll bring them on the road, see if people buy them. If they do, they do. If they don't, I'm not going to be offended. Picking um, the right price point would be hard too. I wonder what's not greedy, but what's also going to get you I'm money back. I'm being told or... $25. I think that's reasonable for sure. And then you yeah. buy two for 40. Yeah, yeah. That's not, a good deal. And I don't know. I'm not great at haggling, you know. <laughs> it's just not in me. But anyway. We'll see. We'll see. So anyway, I'm going to try it and see yeah, what that's happens. that's exciting. But people have come to me going, where's your merch? And I'm like, shit, I'm missing out on this money. I have a daughter starting university. I have to pay 25% of in September. Yeah, might as well give it a go. Exactly. You know, try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does, great. Yeah. 
Same same attitude towards saying hi to strangers, right? Yes. Yeah. That's the theme of this episode, it would seem. Uh, okay, well, I brought up Pete Holmes, which is actually ties into another question because I yeah. do listen to his podcast a lot. And so I'm stealing this question because it's one that he asked okay. his guests, but I really love it, which is, have you ever almost died? Oh, my God. Yes, I have. And it was on a way to a gig. Okay. Oh, twice, actually. Oh, Once shit. When I was a baby. I had meningitis and ended up in hospital and very sick and had to have like a spinal oh, tap. Jesus. Um, and that I'm, one's not a fun story. No, I was about <laughs> five or six. The fun story, oh, it was here a couple of years ago. Somebody booked me to do a swingers club. All right. I look at Brian's like, what? And as Brian will know, we don't have swingers clubs in Ireland. We just have the church. Um, <laughs> and so I was very flustered about going to a swingers club. Like, it was totally out of my comfort zone. The pay was good. I was like, feck it. I was like, keep my clothes on. You were just afraid they were going to try and rope you in or something? I didn't know what I was going to see. And I wasn't sure what was going to be happening. Uh, and people had told me some people might be having sex while you're doing the show. People Whoa. might be naked. Okay. I swear to God, right? That's a little bit much, yeah. Canada's been very good to me. <laughs> it must be weird when you, you have someone groan in the audience and you don't know if it's because you told a bad joke or because they just had a climax. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Oh, it was the weirdest night. I've done, I do a whole bit in my set about it. And I was driving to this experience very, very flustered as an Irish Catholic woman going, what the fuck am I doing? What am I walking into Where here? am I going? What am I walking into? What am I going to see? Am I going to collapse? Is somebody going to try and hop up on me? You know? Yeah. And as I was driving uh, to the club, I was very distracted and I took, uh, there, I, there was a green light and I was waiting to turn left. Okay. And I thought the arrow was there to turn left. And a guy came and literally just clipped my car. I kept driving. He turned around, pulled in. I pulled in and he got out and started fucking freaking out at me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he even checked my car because he thought he had hit me. And my life flashed before me. I was, and all I could think of, well, my dad had just died. Well, I'll go see my dad. <laughs> That's all I thought. Wow. But it was that close. It was seconds away from a write-off. So there was no damage though even? Apparently there, were, there wasn't even a scratch. I actually thought he hit me. Oh, I thought wow. he clipped me. And it was that was the nearest. But if you had left home like five seconds earlier or whatever, you, you play that scenario out in your head. Uh, but that, I get in the car every time now going to gigs and, I'm, and I say to my dad, Eamon, get me there safe. <laughs> right? and, and I'm not doing any more swingers gigs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I and I walked into the swingers club like fucking shaking. Like I thought my life was over. And I was like, can you imagine my kids hearing? She was like <laughs> on her way to a swingers club. They'd be like, holy shit, this divorce is in her oh heart. Oh my God. <laughs> was it as weird as you thought it was going to be when you got there? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there were people having sex? Or? Yeah, there was, uh, there was a man sitting in the front and a fair play to him. He was on this big leather couch that was shaped like two lips, like a like like something from a Rolling Stones, like a big red leather couch, and he had a woman on either side with massive knockers, like you know the danglers down on the knees knockers, and he's Adam watching danglers, my yeah. yeah, he's watching my set with his arms around both their shoulders, literally honking their tits while I'm and I was trying to keep. Not yeah, how do you stay focused in that situation? Yeah, because I was like, I nearly wanted to go and honk their tits. Like, you know, <laughs> then there was a man grinding up on a woman 
beside a speaker. I don't, is they, anyone paying attention to the set? But they are all looking at me while Weird. they're doing what they're doing. Um, and I had a great set. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Did you just leave or you hung out after? A couple tried to rope me in for a thruple. And then, and the next morning I woke up and they've given me one year free membership to the club. <laughs> oh, some people liked you there for sure then. So I was like, it must have gone well. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't been back. It makes me think of, uh, we had Bobby Knopf on here not that long ago and he does like a, a naturist where they perform comedy. I've been asked naked. to do that. Oh yeah. that That's Bear Oaks be... at Bear yeah, Oaks. Yeah. yeah. So Leanne uh, Mulladen, she's an Irish, well, she's a Canadian comic, but her mom is from Northern Ireland. Uh, she's been so good to me. I first moved here and started doing comedy and I messaged her saying, oh, I'd love to do, she does the Mary Janes of comedy, which is the longest running female comedy show in Toronto. Cool. And she heard I was Irish and do you know what she did? Like, how nice was this? She said, where are you living? And I told her where I was living and she said, I'll meet you for coffee next week. Uh, you're new. I want to make sure you're okay and doing, I, I yeah, I'd said I'm going, I'm going through a bit of a shit time and I'm doing comedy. She came and met me and she had a bag of Irish tea bags, chocolates, stuff for the kids. She's so nice yeah, and started really putting nice. me on her shows. It's the Irish blood yeah. and, and the Canadian blood. It's a good mix. Um, <laughs> but she was so lovely to me. And uh, where was I going? The nudist stuff. The new, So she runs Bear Oaks. Oh, wow. Comedy show. And every year she's like, are you ready? I'm like, no, let me lose 10 pounds. And I, well, I would imagine every year you get older, the less inclined you are to want to well, go get naked in front of strangers. I'm having a bit of a glow up in the last two years and I lost 60 pounds. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Right? Thank you. But I've had three kids. And so like, you know, it's kind of loose skin and bean baggy around that area. Um, and from what Bobby told me, they embrace everybody. Give a shit. Yeah. It, Don't get, I think I, the whole nature of it is, is appreciating all shapes and forms. And exactly. And it's not to sexualize somebody. It's being free. Yeah. And every year, Leanne, so that, so I had lost a bunch of weight over the last two years slowly to get back to where I was before I had kids. And she's like, come on, you know, you need to do it now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> still I still don't know if it's my Irish Catholic Blood can do this shit. Yeah. You know? Um, I think the women have less to worry about than the guys, in my opinion. Because if you're nervous, you're either going to get a boner or you're going to shrivel up. <laughs> Neither. You're never not going to be at normal resting penis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? Um, I get I get that. But she asks me every year. And every year, I I wish I had. I wish I had the nerve the to do it. The to go and do it. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Maybe when I'm older, I'm like, fuck it. I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, you might get to a point where you're just like, screw it. They're still asking. I'm flattered. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was just amazed that that even exists. When Bobby told me that, I was just kind of surprised that there's a naked comedy show. You can do comedy anywhere. I suppose. I didn't know swingers comedy clubs yeah. were a thing either. But Well, during the pandemic, I was in dog parks doing comedy. You can go oh, anywhere. Oh, yeah. Drive in movie theaters. Yeah. They did. Yeah. But that was more like out of necessity, you know? True. Yeah. And you had to be outside. Yeah. There was no other option yeah. at the time. Okay, well, that was a fun answer. Uh, what do I have here? I think we've almost gone through everything. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Ah, okay. I traveled to, um, I was going to Australia, taking a year out when I was 24, sold my car, went with a friend. In Ireland, you get this year visa to work in Australia if you're under 26. And so we stopped in Bangkok 
uh, weirdest place I've ever been in my life. Right? My brother lives in Thailand, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so we went to Bangkok and then we were going on to uh, to Sydney to take a year to travel and work. Um, and this is obviously before marriage and kids and everything. And uh, while I was very actively riding everybody. <laughs> and so the weirdest thing was probably something in Bangkok, probably like off the street vendors, like roasted cockroaches and stuff oh. like that. Um, gr- very gritty. Apparently that's the future, though, they say, with protein from crickets and shit like that. It's a bit survivor shit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. No, that, that's not going to fill you. And they're like, oh, it's protein. You're like, oh, I don't know. It's all stuck on my teeth. Um, very gritty. Didn't really like it. Um, and then also in Australia, we were tra- I traveled up through the center to Alice Springs and we ate um, crocodile and kangaroo. Oh, wow. At a, at a barbecue. There was a burger place around here on Merivale that served only like weird meats. And I think you could get kangaroo burgers yeah. there. They've closed since then, but. Yeah. And it was, it was okay. It was great. The, the crocodile was very chewy. Ugh. Yeah. I know my dad's had rattlesnake. We might have talked about this on the podcast before too. How was it, Brian? It was on a pizza or something, wasn't it? Rattlesnake yeah. pizza? Yeah. It was, it was the same sort, like a same sort of place. It was exotic meats, but yeah. on pizzas for the topping. So you could get alligator. You could get. Yeah. You know, snake, you could get all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, tastes like chicken. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't everything. (laughs) Yeah. You've had chocolate covered ants. I know you told me when I was a kid. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I think we've gone through pretty much everything. There was what I was going to ask you. What's, do you remember what's the last thing you Googled? Or or can you check? But that could be incriminating depending on what you Googled. Of course I can check. (laughs) Now, do you know what the last thing I Googled? Because we were just watching the Super Bowl. Oh. I was like, how fucking old is Rihanna's first child? She has another kid already? Yes. So she's had her first baby. And then then she was announcing by showing the book. Because I was watching it and I knew she'd had a baby. Yeah. And I was like, is she at that delicate stage of having lost the baby weight yet? Oh. And she's on this, so I was like, oh my God. And everyone's like, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. And as a woman who's had babies and people have come You're up like, to don't me, assume. Don't, unless <laughs> you see a fucking baby's head crowning it's out of a woman's advice. vagina, do not ask, are you pregnant? Yeah, most definitely. Right? Because that happened to me after I had kids and people were like, oh my God, have you not had that baby yet? And I'm like, it's in the fucking stroller. Yeah. I'm just still fat. Okay? That's just soul crushing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was very aware of... Oh my God, is she is she pregnant or is it the baby weight? Yeah. So the last thing I Googled was how old is Rihanna's first, first baby? Kid. How old is it? Yeah. Eight months. Eight, oh, wow. Yeah. So then I had to work backwards and I was like, so she was riding again Wait a minute, within her... eight weeks. Yeah. Fair play. Because you, you have to wait six weeks. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to wait That's six pretty... weeks for everything to heal up or whatever, whatever birth you've had. Um, that's start faster riding. than your turnaround with your kids. It, so I was, that's exactly why I was Googled. I was yeah. like, she's having Irish twins. I've I done Googled this. how old she was when I saw that, actually. She's 34. Okay. Yeah. And so her son is uh, eight months and now she's on to the next one. It was a bold move to do a, I, we watched the Super Bowl. I'm not a huge football guy, yeah. but Kelly likes football. So we put it on and yeah. that was not what I was expecting for the halftime show. That's for sure. It was, I was, she was making me feel nervous on all that floating shit pregnant. Yeah, right? I'm like, oh my God. She was high up. Yeah, I was like, I, there's, I'd be puking all over the place. <laughs> or if it was later in the pregnancy, if her water just broke or something, oh, that would be fucking hilarious. That would be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? I would it? laugh so hard. She'd have gone viral like again. dripping off the platform. <laughs> yeah, on top of all the dancers. <laughs> <laughs> all, those, all those guys I'm who were dressed umbrella. like sperms. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh yeah, umbrella. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, well, there's one last question I'm going to oh, ask sure. you. It's the season four uh, question I've been asking everyone okay. this time around, which is uh, what's the shittiest job you ever had and why? Okay. Some there's, people have multiple, but. I might have a few. 
Uh, the shittiest job I have had and I, I, there's some, I've done some TV stuff that's coming up that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. I'll tell you when we turn off the mics. Okay. And I, and I talk about it on here. Color me intrigued. Yeah. They wanted to talk about it and I'm like, oh no, please. I don't want to be known as this person, (laughs) but this is what they wanted. So I got a part-time job, um, before the pandemic, uh, the comedy, you know, I was building up to getting paid better for comedy, which still it's hit or miss. Right. Um, and so while the kids were at school, I was like, I'll get a part-time job, um, and do some stuff during the day. So I was doing sales, you know, one of those people that stands doing samples in the stores. Like perfume or something, or you mean food samples? Yeah. Uh, Costco style. In the health food stores. Where, you know, those people that stand there with the stands and everybody avoids them and makes eye contact and goes the long way around the store (laughs) not to talk to you. I was one of them and I was selling a prebiotic powder. Now this, yours are going to like talk about the fucking stereotype, right? It's a prebiotic powder that a prebiotic like probiotics keeps you regular, helps you shit, all the rest of it. Good gut flora. Good gut flora for your gut. Made from potato starch. So I was oh. selling potato starch. <laughs> yeah, Stop a little, laughing, Brian. A little too on the nose. <laughs> I know. And I was their top salesperson because everybody wanted to hear an Irish woman talking about potatoes. Oh, I think it's because you're good at engaging people. But yeah, but then they'd be like, what is it? And I'm like, well, it's from potatoes. And they're like, oh my God, say that word again. And I'm like, potatoes, potatoes. And they're like buying all the packets off me. And I, the job was rough. Because you're standing there and I had it all mixed up in a drink and you had to give people drinks of it and then explain what it was and exp- help them keep regular and help your gut flora and blah, 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 pretty blah, repetitive. blah. And then, of course, as I started with the potato starch and then they hear me say potato and that would just go on for hours and I'd be like, oh my fucking God. I'm walking home covered in potato starch having talked about potatoes. I'm an Irish comic. This is so <laughs> mental. Anyway, the thing that is coming up, this is what they wanted to focus on. And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be known as the... The potato lady. The potato lady (laughs) that helps Canadians shit, right? (laughs) I wonder how many people came up to you in that store just because someone said, you got to check out the potato lady. Like not interested in the product at all. Yeah. And they were, and this stuff is like $35 a bag and people were buying it. Anyway. Then they wanted to promote you after that, I bet. And of course, the pandemic hit. You couldn't be in stores and you couldn't be talking to people and you couldn't be handing out samples and it still hasn't come back. And I'm like, cool, that's fine. The comedy has picked up. I don't need <laughs> to go back that to that. i chapter in my life. My potato starch days are over. <laughs> Probably a good call. So that was the weirdest job. That's a great answer. But how ridiculous. Like, I swear to God, the material that I come up with for stage, I don't even have to make shit up. Yeah, you couldn't write something Stuff that's happens silly. happens to me and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with me and telling me all these awesome stories. Not at all. I've had a great time. I've probably gone way over. I don't know. It feels like we've been going, oh yeah, like two and a half hours or something. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think we did at least two. Yeah. The gift of the gab. There we go. Yeah. We'll have to do it again sometime. (laughs) We always high five at the end. There we go. Right on. Well, thank you for watching. I always look at this camera at the end, but you never switch it. So I'm looking at all of them. Thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you, Brian. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, awesome to reconnect with my Irish side. Yes.